Blog Talk Radio. Welcome, everybody, to Blog Talk Radio. This is WKPJV Radio. I am going to be your host for the evening. This is Chamber 7. I first and foremost want to apologize to each and every single one of you. It's been kind of a crazy day today. I've been littered with a lot of emotions today. It's been incredibly trying. Um, It's kind of difficult to say where to start. Okay, so... Let me just take a couple steps back. First and foremost, the original intent of this show was to grab people's attention and give them the opportunity to speak their mind and to use their voice. So that's pretty much been The whole intention was to give each and every single one of you the chance to not only read your poetry, but also give your opinion. That's kind of why we had the opinion shows where we just, you know, gave you the chance to say a few words. So normally what I would do is for like the first 30 or 40 minutes, we would discuss recent events and things of the day. And then we'd have our feature come in. And today's feature is amazing, eloquent, powerful. No different than any other day, but I got a couple of announcements to make. First, the the subject matter that I was going to start with today was going to be 
about July 4th, Independence Day, the day of independence, the day that people look to and say, yeah, I feel free today was the way it was supposed to be. But then I started seeing a lot of the memes and discussions. I was recently added to a group called uh, Black Thinkers or Free Thinkers, and one of the interesting things that they, you know, brought out in the Black Free Thinkers is a closed group is that, and one of my, my former uh, Navy buddies is a part of it, and she kind of got me hooked into it. And she was making very poignant points about how on July 4th of 1776, we were not free. And by we, I mean black people. So a lot has been swimming around in my head with regard to that. And I said, you know what, I want to talk about it. Let's discuss it on the show. Let's see what people think. So I decided to bring it up and say, hey, let's discuss, you know, free thinking and 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 what people should do on July 4th and what black people should do on July 4th and what the basis of it was, right? Because, you know, yeah, let's admit, after the the, the Jesse Williams speech at the BET Awards, we discussed that last week at the last time show, um, then there was this, this whole hoopla about, well, Jesse Williams' speech during the BET Awards was very racist. There was a petition started. Um, thank God Shonda Rhimes had enough, you know, gumption about her to say, oh, yeah, that's nice. Appreciate your petition. Ain't going nowhere because uh, I'm going to do what I want. So luckily that stopped. So Jesse Williams' job with Grey's Anatomy, written by Shonda Rhimes, black woman, he ain't going nowhere. Thank goodness because a lot of what Jesse, Jesse Williams had to say was very poignant. And it's unfortunate that Jesse Williams' speech, coupled with the July 4th uh, weekend, all culminated into the news that's got me kind of shaken today. So I just kind of want to take you through the, the rough timeline real briefly, if I may. I woke up this morning, you know, thinking about what the show is going to be about, what we're going to talk about. I'm really excited about today's feature, and I don't just say that to shine you on. Um, I enjoy this young man. He's incredible. From the second he stepped on stage and I met him the first time, he's a very powerful speaker. Um, him and his, his lovely young lady have joined us on the show on several occasions. He always writes something poignant and to the point about the show uh, regarding the subject matter. Sometimes his own material is just very straightforward and to the point, so I've always enjoyed him. But I was thinking about what can I discuss in this beginning part with regard to July 4th and how I feel about it and being a former veteran myself of 10 years, um, how, as a black person, do I feel about being, you know, celebrating the 4th of July and so on? Another friend of mine sent me something very straightforward with regard to those former service members who deal with PTSD and we're out shooting fireworks and so on, and these people are suffering with PTSD, and they're the ones who, you know, fought for our freedom, and we're not being considered them. So all these thoughts swirling around in my head. And then I saw the news report about Alton Sterling. For those of y'all who don't know about what happened, I'm going to give you the rough draft version of what I heard. If you have the opportunity to stop by the event page, it's you know I haven't done a whole lot with regard to cleaning up the event page, and I apologize for that. Normally I'd be putting up a lot of pictures and so on, but uh, I, like I said, I apologize for that, but it's just been very, very 
difficult for me, and you'll understand as we continue. Alton Sterling in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. The scene is set up like this. Imagine your typical 7-Eleven convenience store type setting. Someone makes an anonymous 911 phone call, and granted, all the stuff that I'm about to say to you is just based on what I've read. So take it as you will. Do your own research is what I implore all of you to do. Sometime Tuesday evening, the police were called on an anonymous 911 call because it was said that someone was flashing a gun and threatening people at this convenience store. Two police officers showed up, one of a three-year veteran, the other a four-year veteran of the force showed up. At the time when the video starts, the altercation is already beginning. We catch the very beginning of the altercation where the gentleman dressed in red and brown is standing in front of two police officers, and he's standing just in front of what appears to be a silver Toyota Camry. Both of the police officers have their hands on their weapons. One police officer is imploring Mr. Alton Sterling to get on the ground. He is noncompliant for whatever reason. The officer screaming at him tackles him, throws him to the ground, because Alton is a fairly sizable gentleman, so he has to swing around and throw him on the ground. He is now laying in front of the Toyota Camry, at which point the other police officer is now knee in his chest, on top of him, hand on his left hand. The police officer who initially tackled him and threw him to the ground immediately starts yelling, he's got a gun. There were some other words that was exchanged that I didn't hear. Immediately following, the police officer on top of him, you see, pulls out his weapon with his right hand, places the muzzle of the weapon up against his chest, and the second that the second officer starts hollering, he's got a gun, he's got a gun, there's a, a small bit of struggle, and then shots are fired. At that point, the video cuts out. You don't see anything else, but you can distinctly hear the sobbing of the individuals and the astonishment of the individuals who were using their cell phone to record the entire event because they just realized this man's been shot by the police. Now, for those of you who have listened to this show on repeat occasions, you know for a simple fact that um, WKPJB Radio has often done shows about these same incidents on a regular basis. Um, I hope I'm not boring you with the details. I just want to make sure that I gave you exactly what was read to me um, and the way it was said to me and, well, the way I saw it. That kind of hit me hard. But it really didn't hit me hard -er until I saw the news where the the young man's father or excuse me, the 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 young man's son was there and 
the son was very distraught to the point where he started sobbing. 15 years old, he's sobbing. And he just says, I want my dad. And that's when it hit me. Alton, Alton Sterling was 37 years old. His son is 15. I am 39 years old. My son is 17, the exact same number distance between us. Now, I'll be 40 here pretty soon, and I make no bones about that. But what struck me was that could have been me. That could have been my best friend, Chris, with the same age. That could have been any one of these black males. I did something I don't customarily do. Um, many of you who have listened to the show know that um, I've had a very tumultuous uh, interaction with my ex-wife with regard to my children. However, in the last, I'd have to say, six or seven months, things between us have been fairly decent enough for us to have decent conversation. Um, mm. So I sent her a text message, and I simply said, where are the children? Please check on them. I'm scared. Now, many of you might not know this, but I'm a 10-year Navy veteran. I am born and raised in a West Indian family, all of which are hard as coffin nails. My great-grandmother was put in the grave a couple years ago at the ripe old age of 94. Right up until her death, she was working her ass off. Um, I come from a very powerful, very strong people. I might not be the biggest guy. I might not be the strongest guy, but there is very little I am afraid of. I fear absolutely no man at all. But when I sent that message, what I was scared of was my children not having a father. What I was scared of was have I given my son and my daughter enough tools to navigate the murky shores of this reality that they are now invested in. So I had a conversation with my ex-wife and we talked for an extended period of time during her lunch break and she reassured me that they would be okay. But I told her without any reservation, I'm frightened and I've never felt like that before. I've had shotguns put in my face. I have never had to be in, an, in a physical altercation that sent me to the hospital, but I have been threatened um, as a black person before. I have been stopped by the police, and I felt my chest pound. I felt my heart pound out of my chest. It's been pitch black at night. This was not broad daylight, but it was in front of a store, and this man was just trying to sell some CDs from what I understand. And he might even have a criminal past, and I don't give a shit what the news wants to throw up in our face about what he's done, I can guarantee you this. Based on what I saw on a cell phone video, there was nothing that that man did at that point in time that was even remotely close to him warranting being shot six times. The part that scared me the most was the fact that It almost felt like they were saying, we can take you in the middle of the night, look you right in your face, 
throw you on the ground, still go home on paid leave, and you can't do shit about it. We can throw you in the back of a paddy wagon, drive you around and throw you around because you looked like you did something wrong. And even if you die, you can't do shit about it. We can pull you over for a minor traffic stop, and if you disrespect me, I will put you in jail. And if you just happen to die in jail, I will make it look like your mugshot was taken, and you still won't be able to do shit about it. I can put you in an illegal chokehold that has been categorically banned by the state of New York. You can tell me repeatedly how many times you can't breathe, but I don't give a damn. It can be recorded on video. People can hear your last words all around the World Wide Web, and you still can't do shit about it. I'm not asking for a call to action against police officers because I know for a fact that there are some good police officers. What I am asking for with this mere few minutes of my time, with this one medium that I have the opportunity to have, is I'm asking for a call to action. I'm not just looking for black people to stand up. I'm looking for white people to stand up. I'm looking for humans to stand up and recognize that there is a serious problem when a man can get thrown to the ground and shot six times at point-blank range and done, and no one is charged with the crime immediately. If I were to go out there and do that right now, I'd be charged and you would never even know about it. Why on God's green earth we have the access to the Internet, the ability with cell phones, and the opportunity to show exactly what happened, even in the midst of conveniently malfunctioned, missing, displaced body cameras, and somehow no one got charged again. How do you readily expect me to feel better about July 4th now? How do you readily expect me to say, yeah, we should remove Jesse Williams from Grey's Anatomy and punish him for standing up and saying something with regard to you shouldn't talk down to black people? How do you readily expect me as a father with my children growing up and driving the streets of anywhere, anywhere USA, and not get pulled over? and not be injured. Every time I see a a police car drive by me, I freak out. What, What am I supposed to tell him is the big question I ask myself all the time. What am I supposed to tell my son? What am I supposed to say to him that's going to make it feel better, that's going to make it look better? What am I supposed to say? That's been my reoccurring fear for a long time, and I see it time and time again, and I don't want to jump on the bandwagon of black people that say, yeah, we should have the heads of all the cops. We should have the heads of every single person that's ever done. No, I don't think that's the way it should be. I I honestly think we need to come up with a real solution, and that real solution starts with us first and foremost, training our kids what the right and wrong thing to do is. Secondly, showing them a better example of what the right and wrong thing to do is. So I called my ex-wife and I said, look, let's put our shit to the side. I'm scared and I don't like this feeling. After that phone call, 
that within 20, 30 minutes, my son called me and me and he and I had a conversation. The most interesting thing about that conversation is in the midst of it, my son was like, yeah, dad, but I don't really get in trouble. And the worst thing that I ever had to tell my 17-year-old son is, son, that doesn't matter. You don't have to do anything wrong for them to shoot you down. You just need to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. And that's all it takes. Every 28 hours, an unarmed black person is killed by law enforcement in the United States of America. That is not a joke. That is not a game. That is not foolishness. That is not BS. That is statistical data that shows that every 28 hours, an unarmed black person is killed by law enforcement. And what's really fucked up about that is Alton Sterling hasn't even been dead for 24 hours. So we have less than 10 hours before yet another black person is murdered by law enforcement. And we might not even know about it because somebody might not be available with a cell phone and the camera available at the right time. Studies have shown black children as young as toddlers are seen by police and educators as older, more violent, less innocent, and are treated with less empathy and receive harsher punishments than their white peers. That is not bullshit. That is bona fide fact. I don't talk in anything else. That is based on research and study. You've seen me post it up time and time again. That's fact. That's bona fide fact. Put a bunch of kids in a room, and when they ask them the question between a white doll and a black doll, which one's the good doll, they statistically always point to the white doll. Why? Where are they getting this information from? Jesse Williams made a very poignant statement when he said that if you were just to watch television, and that was your only source of information about who black people were, I think black people were equal too. Are there some good images of black people? Yes, there are. Of course there are. Are there enough? No. Unequivocally, absolutely not. There are not enough positive images of not just black people, of people, of us interacting with other human beings. How about that? So this is what's going to happen. We're going to have another, because I I refuse to take away from the artistry and the beauty and the elegance of our amazing feature for this evening. I don't want to bring down the mood and I don't want to, you know, have this huge call to action now, but I had a very amazing conversation with a good friend of mine and poet. His name is Mr. William Endless Will Davis. Um, Shout out to him and his uh, bride-to-be, they will have their reception this coming Saturday that we'll be joining them at. Um, he has spurned us to a call to action. You can find out more information about this call to action tomorrow. We're going to have another show tomorrow at 8.30 where we will discuss this right here at length, completely, all of it, verbatim, word for word, every single bit and piece. We'll cover every nuance. 
8.30, same time, tomorrow, same place, same phone number, everything. We're going to discuss this at length. I'll go over the people that I talked to, the conversations that I had, and the things that have been stirring in my mind, and I'm, I'm anxious to hear what yours are. I want to know what pieces that you have, that you have written, what, what this does to you, because it, it messed with me. I'm not going to lie. So tomorrow at 8.30, for those of you who are local to the North Carolina area, next week, Saturday, not this coming Saturday, but next Saturday, we will hold a fundraiser of some sort at a uh, location to be uh, determined. A bunch of us poets are going to get together and have a fundraiser because Endless Will made a very valid point. He said, I would hate for me to leave this world, and the only thing that my wife is concerned about at that moment in time is how she's going to pay the light bill or the water bill because that man left behind five kids and a family, and what are they going to do now? And if he was out there hustling CDs, in front of a corn store, it's highly likely he didn't have insurance, and if he did, it wasn't that much. So we're going to get together. We're going to not stand around and talk about it. We're going to be about it, put some money together, and send some money to that family and figure, figure out a way to help out. And this call to action doesn't just stop there. We've had shows about Ferguson. We've had shows about Baltimore. We've had shows about Mike Brown. We've had shows about Trayvon Martin. We've done this 100 times over, but now we need to actually call to action to do something important. So that's what we're going to do. Tomorrow we'll have a show. I want to welcome each and every single one of you who were patient enough to stick around. I appreciate that. If you have a friend right now that you need to reach out to, please reach out to them because trust and believe this is going to be a show that's worth you listening to. I'm going to be your host for the remainder of the evening. I am Chamber 7. Our amazing feature for tonight is Lang Karanga out of Baltimore. He's a great and wonderful poet. I'm anxious to hear from him. But for right now, I would like each and every single one of y'all to reach out to somebody, call somebody up and say, yo, text them and say, hey, Call this number, 347-324-5487. If you've got something to say on the subject, whether it be about July 4th, whether it be about Alton Sterling and the situation, whether it be about Jesse Williams' speech, whether it be about our amazing feature this evening, press the number one on your keypad. That will let me know you have your hand raised, and I would certainly appreciate you doing so, so that way I can bring you in and ask whatever questions you have of our feature, ask whatever questions you have of me, and let's have an eloquent, intelligent conversation where we at least find something, some resolve to this situation. Um, It's not just talk because everything starts with some type of discussion. So I'm looking forward to having a discussion with each and every single one of you. I'm sincerely looking forward to it. So let's do this. Let's get together. Let's, Let's have a conversation. All right? For just a brief moment, just so I can get some things together, let's, uh, let's have some upbeat music. Let's get this thing rolling so we're feeling better, right? I want to introduce um, one, of my, one of my favorites. We just had him here. Uh, thank, first and foremost, all these amazing people who have called in. Thank you so much. I see those of you who have your hand raised. I appreciate you. Please be very patient with me. I'd just like to get a couple things gathered together. And for the moment, um, let's go ahead and bring in uh, D.S. Williams' uh, Unleashed. Dollar now or never. Choices should be made beyond the house parties and these kids getting played. Minister society. 
body by only by legal means. Awaken body's nightmares, allow me to live dreams. Sleepwalking when I follow in the footprints of role models that for some reason I haven't met yet. I see good dudes turn to devil's advocates cause they got tired of working and not having shit. Split my anatomy, observe its components, remove all the weaknesses that's used by opponents. So we're back together with lines of sharp symmetry and copyright the blueprint that way you can't mimic me. A product of black pride and religion. Outside a nerd, a martyr that got vision. Some of these factors and yes, you should mention streetcar desire containing a Porsche engine. a bit immature, but now I've got potential to go on a war tour with this lyrical ability causing the world war. Do I'm on another plane when I'm wanting the world for so move over, I'ma need a little room. Cause when I pass, I request two tombs. One for my body, the other for my talent. So bury me your bumpy level and keep balance. I'm so cold that the winners take lessons and the four springs up just to be in my presence. To initiate something more than a trademark You now play with fire, don't confuse it with mere sparks At the start, I'm a legend like Ledger Stomp on the darkest of nights for no pleasure Even when the ground is not common And the texture is East by Cornell Westwood every lecture One with many names, filled with some glory and laced with some pain. Some with champagne, but others with real shame. Fit for some loss and brought with some game. I am not swayed by their feminine ways, because for many days I will be feeling criminally played. Uh, left slayed on this figurative stage, but guarantee I'm not the one that will leave them astray. Uh, rhyme syllables fear the bare minimal. I seem so ahead of my time, it's quite criminal. Not the one backpacking the madness, but the vanguard still backpacking the rap. All out of breath, so they sat in the gap to see me twice like a rerun. Then that's what's happened. I stay scrapped before the visions of lost souls, despite soul charge on the bleakest of all roads. Mojave Wright, uh, as well as Ron, and for all of those who attended the amazing event up there, uh, Elliot Axiom as well, uh, Jay Simone, um, I'm probably missing some people, please forgive me, um, I know there were other uh, incredible, incredible features there, uh, but I want to give a shout out to all of them right now, for everyone in the ES group, 
who have showed up to the show this evening. Uh, but we were there, and this gentleman approached uh, Mr. K. Mojave Wright and said, hey, you know, you mind if I step on the mic? We were having a, an erotic poetry show at the time. And then we had a, a bit of an open mic briefly in the, at the end, and uh, this gentleman, very mild-mannered, kind of just walked up at the end of the show and said, hey, you know, you mind if I get up on the mic there? She's like, yeah, sure, you know, yeah, absolutely, go ahead. And I I kid you not, I don't say this without um, any any shaz or pizzazz or anything to kind of, you know, shine you on, but surprised and amazed me. Absolutely incredible. Um, his work was very carefree and straightforward and direct, um, very in-your-face, um, poignant. I enjoyed it thoroughly. I really, really did. I say that every time I tell him. Um, I had the honor and privilege of, of meeting him in person, and then uh, to add to that beautiful, beautiful benefit of meeting him in person, I said, you know, let's stay in touch. We ended up becoming Facebook friends. I showed him the WKP. I introduced him to the WKPJV radio family. Uh, all of you have welcomed him with open arms and open ears and, um, you know, made several comments about his work. He comes on, puts his, his one-two step in there, and it's just amazing and poignant every time, even goes so far as to write specific pieces about the subject matter that we have at that particular point. So, um, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, if you could please help me welcome uh, once again in the building, uh, always a huge supporter of the WKPJB radio family, as well as the um, his young lady that usually comes in with him. I really appreciate him and for everything that he's done for this group. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, the one, Mr. Langeranger out of Baltimore. Give it to him one time. What's cracking, my brother? How are you doing today? How you doing? I'm doing, I'm doing good. great. Doing? I'm doing pretty good, man. I'm doing pretty good. Um, I had a very uh, poignant. Con- I had very poignant conversations today with very powerful poets in our craft um, who re encouraged me about what my place in is is in this world, as well as with individuals who meant something to me. So I feel pretty good right now, you know. And I'm I'm really I'm really excited about this show and having you on this show. And I was. Uh, in the, before we even got started, I really was like when we first talked about it. I've been super excited about it. So I've been excited for it too. I've been waiting for this for like a month. I mean, I, I thank you for having me on. This is this is a great honor. No, absolutely, it's, it's it is. It's a great honor for us to have you here because, like I like I was explaining to the crowd, like it's been awesome to have you come in, and you know just give it your all every single time, and I, I really, really, really appreciate the fact that you do that, the fact that you take the time to, you know, push forward and, and, and give us something new and hot every single time. So for that, I want to thank you. I, I'm i just glad that you, you give us this, you know, this platform to share our thoughts and share our pieces. And, I mean, I'm, I, I really like the topic for today because, I've, I've been thinking about that a lot and about, like, what America means to me. And it's something me and my family have been talking about because, you know, we have the cookouts, you know, and we have the, you know, we, we've been to parades, and I, I have a few people in my family that have served, and I have a brother that's in the National Guard right now, and I have a few buddies who, you know, served some tours. One of them came back from Afghanistan, and, I mean, I love my country. I mean, I, for some of the people that are listening now, they're probably shocked for me to say that because I've, I've never really said that before out loud, but it's true. I do love America. Mm-hmm. 
But at the same time, I believe that there are countries that look at America very differently than what mainstream America looks at America as. So, I mean, Mm -hmm. and as a poet, I mean, I try to, you know, write my perspectives to things as, you know, a black man and somebody who's suffered from mental illness, all those different things. And, you know, I've just tried to give people my perspective. So I hope people can, you know, have an open ear to, you know, some of the things that people have to share tonight about, you know, this topic. Right. Right. Absolutely. And, you know, I'm super glad that you made that statement. Um, I'm a 10-year veteran in the United States Navy, and I'm proud of that. And I realized that there were a lot of memes, and everybody's like, I don't understand how you, you know, you know, proclaim the freedom of this place that you've been in, and, you know, they, they treat black people so bad. Well, guess what? It's not some of these other countries where they're chopping off the hands of my kids either. Every country's got its shitty points, if you know what I'm saying. At least I have an opportunity here that I, pro- I might not have in any other country. Could I have better opportunities in other countries? Yes. Could I have worse ones? Absolutely. I don't ever have to worry about calling my ex-wife and she telling me, Sean, um, you know, your son was kidnapped and now he's in a diamond mine somewhere and your daughter is a sex slave with somebody. Uh, That's not happening in the U.S. So I hate to be so gruff and straightforward and to the point to some people, but shut the fuck up. Like, seriously? I'm going to need you to calm down while you're sitting there stroking your latte. No, we're not living in the world where black people can feel overly comfortable about everything. But at the same token, uh, stop bitching about stuff that is really not nearly as bad as some of these other countries. Like, be thankful for some of the advances that we've made. You know what I'm saying? So I agree with you. I I love this country. It has more potential. It's a lot like an old beat-up car. It's shitty sometimes. It doesn't always work sometimes. But you know what? There were days when it kept you warm. There were days when it took your ass to work. You know what I'm saying? So it's <laughs> yeah. got You know what I mean? Yeah. Every country, like you just said, every country has the kinks to work out. I mean, but I mean, Amer- America means a, a, a lot of different things to a lot of different people. And I mean, it's just it's it's, it's really what it means to you. And I mean your experience, and whoever's experience it makes concern. But I mean, if you talk to a hundred different people, you're probably going to get a hundred different experiences. But like you said, we're not living we're not living in a place where we got to dig for blood diamonds, and we're not living in a place where we have to worry about you know bombings like Mogadishu and Somalia and all that. I mean, we we are blessed to have running water. Like I can go into my into my house and take a shower right now and not have to worry about well some some of us can do that even in America we have to worry about that yeah (laughs) but but yeah so that is absolutely true it it is it's very difficult sometimes though to listen to people like really really freak out about it like oh my god you know it's it's not um this isn't the greatest country or when they say things like America was never great Well, here's my personal opinion on the matter. If you were to say that shit in some of these other countries, they'd have shot you in the face, drug your body, and dumped it into a corner, and nobody would have said shit about it because that's normal practice. Oh, and that's your whole family, too. 
Exactly. And thank you. Exactly. And would have done that to your whole family. So the part that irritates me is the one thing that makes America great is the fact that you have the opportunity to display your opinion openly and say America is not great and not get shot in the face for it. That is the reason America is great. Period. I totally agree. I mean, if if you we know? didn't have the freedom of speech, I mean, the show wouldn't be wouldn't be on tonight. And you know, I mean, like if this was Nazi Germany and everything like that, I wouldn't be able. To, we wouldn't be able to express our opinions or whatnot. I mean, there are places now that people, our poets, aren't able to get their you know thoughts across without being mm-hmm. you know blackballed and whatnot. So, Precisely. for fear of their lives. Precisely. So. Precisely. And, I, and that's kind of the reason why I remember um, we had a feature one time. And the feature kind of wanted to, like, define exactly what we we're going to do and, okay, so what what's next and how do we want to do this? And I told him, I said, no, nah, dude, I don't want this to be a, oh, you have to do it this way kind of show. That's not what this is going to be. What I want you to do is bring your energy, bring your ability, come in here, and just give it your all. Because I got so sick and tired of format. You know what I'm saying? And I think that yeah. restricts a lot of it. I want to see what's going to happen. Let's just see what happens. Let's just pull it out there and, and just throw it out there and see what happens. And sometimes, let me tell you something. Right? Sometimes it works out great, and other times it doesn't. But at the end of the day, gives a shit. At least you tried, yeah. right? Yeah, that's the way I see it. That's the way I see it. So now uh, let's get, let's get to let's let's not uh, get so heavy. Let's let's back up and uh, ask some very poignant questions here. First and okay. foremost, um, the obvious questions like why poetry? Well, <laughs> I mean. I've always been in, I mean I've always been interested in poetry. I've always been interested in rap and spoken form and spoken forms of and written forms of, you know, literature and whatnot. And I mean I've always I've always read Edgar Allan Poe, Sylvia Plath and you know, the the classic poets like John Keats and John Clare and then you got the beat poets like John Car- like Jack Kerouac and then you have you know, there's there's so many poets that I can shout out that are here no more. And then there's rap, like Rakim and Big Pun. And I wanted to, you know, bridge the gap between both of those things. And, you know, I, 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 can't, I can't really rap. <laughs> so I had a friend who might be joining us tonight. His name is Kaysom also known as Kevin, and he was like, he found he found me on the internet one day, and he was basically like, would you like to do spoken word? And I was like, I, I, I don't know if I could do that. And yeah. he said, we, we can both, I, I haven't really tried it, we can both try it together, and, it, you know, it's history. I've been right. going to open mic right. nights, trying to get my feet wet in this, you know, this community and it's a very beautiful community. I think I've been like welcomed with open arms by you, 
by, I hope she's listening, but Lily Gay Mojave Wright, who gave me that opportunity to, you know, perform that night, was actually the one who was at, um, uh, heard it through the grapevine, um, hosted by um, another talented poet named uh, Simply Sherry, and he was the one who said, yeah, you need to come to this, to the carnal expressions, the, the slam yeah, poetry yeah. thing that we got. So... That's that's basically how I got my start. Well, so now when you say that, like, how long have you been doing this? The funny thing is, I've only been doing this since last November. But I've been writing poet, but I've been you know writing poetry all my life. I was first a literary poet. I tried doing, you know, literary poetry, but I, I really don't think that I was particularly good. So I tried, once I got into spoken word, I was like, maybe I could do this. So I started going to open mic nights and see what everybody what everybody did, how they expressed themselves, their cadence. And it took a couple tries and a lot of feedback. And I guess it, it started working. And I'm still, you know, learning and I'm still progressing and I'm still going on and trying to be better every day. Oh, that's all you do, bro. Well, I sincerely appreciate yeah. you doing that because, like, that first time we met you, like, it was like, yo, it's dope. Love it. So, I'm just stoked to have you in the building now. Now, your name is what? Okay. The birth name is Langston Douglas Quezzi Karanga Matthews. And wow. the two... African names, one of them is Kwezi, that means born on a Sunday, that's Akan or Ashanti, and Karenga is Swahili, it means keeper of tradition. So I shortened my first name to Lang, and that's also a name members of my family called me by, and I put one of my middle names, so it's Lang Karenga. Gotcha. That's my stage name. I'm not going to lie, I was... I was jacking it up for a long time. I'm not going to lie. It was, it was pretty messed up. <laughs> I, 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 I was, too. like, in the beginning. Because you, you made it so melodic when you first explained. You were like, Langaranga from uh, from Baltimore. And I was like, I, wait, what? And I didn't know what it was. But, yeah, I'm glad you broke it down. Because a lot of people ask me that same question, like, you know, what's Chamber 7? And i got to explain the whole thing, number of solutions, blah, blah, blah. Um, that's super dope, man. I like how you put it together because I think the name has a lot to say. Uh, with regard to the amount of thought you put into it. You know what I'm saying? It's not just, I want to be super hot spitfire. You know what I'm saying? You actually have a name that means <laughs> something. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people that that come up with, with some very, you know, interesting names. And then there's people that, like Lil Uzi Vert and... Betty Wap and all that, and I mean, I, I, it sounds like they got their name from a Dr. Seuss book. Right, um, right, exactly. <laughs> so I, and you wonder, and you're like, what? Yeah. So, you know, it's nice to actually, that's why I like, and see, that's another one of the reasons that we have this show in the first place, is to give people the opportunity to explain to them, no, my name has a meaning, like my my whole persona has a background, like there's a reason that I'm here um, and this is what it is. So I'm I'm super, super glad uh, that, oh, and by the way, um, yes, indeed, Lily is listening. She just shouted, shouted you out on the board, um, gave you a huge congratulations on the feature. So I'm so um, glad. Thank you very much. Thank you, Lily. Absolutely. So 
Um, now, uh, that was that was your feelings on the situation with regard to the Jesse Williams speech. Well, I actually saw the speech a couple of days ago, and I mean, I was taken aback at it for a little bit because I know he's talking about some of the things he said. They hit home a little bit, but at the same time, yeah. they did resonate. So, I mean, we there, there's a lot there's a lot of things in the community that we need that we need to get right, and okay. I, I do feel I do feel like I I can understand where he was coming from with some of the things he was saying. Right, right. It it was very you know straightforward and it scared the crap out of a lot of people and you know some people didn't realize that he was like for real for real with it but sure enough he was so um, yeah it was good stuff. I enjoyed yeah. it. I thought it was amazing. You know, it was it was very well worth the time. What what surprised me the most was um the fact that there were so many people who were against it. You know what I'm saying? Like there were so many people who yeah, were like, Oh my god, I can't believe he did that and I was I was surprised. I was like, Wait, and, and not I'm not talking about like white people, I'm talking about like black people who were like, Oh, Another dude talking about this, that, and the other. Oh, my God, we already know all this. And I'm going, dude, like, he's working for us, not against us. Right? Yeah. Like, they I didn't understand that. About Bill, they, yeah, they said the same thing about Bill Cosby when he made a speech like that, and David Banner, and even Frederick Douglass gave speeches like that that were, you know, very poignant and very, you know, direct and... People didn't even black folks didn't even really get it at the time. So I think when people when there's a pro, like like they not to quote the Bible, but a prophet really never is welcome in their hometown. You know, that's true. That's true. It's very true. Very true. Very true. So it was it was just powerful to me. All right, so you got a couple of people who have called in. I'm pretty sure that they got a few things to say, so I'm not going to hold them up. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, if you're just not joining us, I first and foremost want to thank you for joining us at JV Radio. I'm going to be your host for this evening. I am Chamber 7. Uh, this evening we have the one and only Lane Karanga as our feature. Um, we're also discussing matters of independence as well as the Alton Sterling situation as well as, uh, you know, Jesse Williams' speech some more or whatever you want to discuss. If you got a poem on your heart that you'd like to share with us, press the number one on your keypad. If you got a question for our feature, same thing, press the number one on your keypad. If you are joining us via streaming right now, we thank you for listening in. However, if you wanted to ask us a question, you don't have that availability to you as well as you lose the opportunity to hear us in the champagne room after 1030. We've got a lot of cool and interesting information that we usually give people in the champagne room. I would love to have each and every single one of you there. Please make sure that you call in and, and hang out with us. Uh, call in before 1030. If you don't can't call before 1030, you're going to miss the opportunity to hear the remainder of the show. Otherwise, the show for you is going to cut streaming at 1030, and then you'll have to catch the show tomorrow when the whole thing gets uploaded onto the website. If you've got somebody that you want to hear this show, make sure that you go ahead and log into WKPJV Radio, Blog Talk Radio. Find us, find the show that you want to hear, or just email or hit me up or add me as a Facebook friend, and I'll be sure to send you the entire link, full length of the show, all three magnificent hours of the show on MP3, and you can send it to anybody. Yes, that's right. 
the download of this show is free and you can use it anytime. I don't think I tell people that enough, so I'm telling you now. Uh, again, if you got something you want to share with us, you got a question for the feature, you got a question for me, you got a poem in your heart, press the number one you keep at. Without further ado, I'm going to bring in our first caller who's been waiting ever so patiently uh, with the most minutes that's racked up on the Blog Talk Radio timer. 301 367. 301 367. Waiting for Blog Talk to chime you in here. See if it works. been acting super, super slow. I know a lot of you called in earlier and you were like, hey, is the show even going on? Yeah, it's still on. It's still going on. Try this one. There we go. 301-367. Who do we have on the line? Alright. Sounds like they got some things going on, almost like they are uh, at a... <laughs> It almost sounds like they're at a Caribbean festival. I'm kind of jealous. That's what's going on right now. <laughs> All right, so let's move on to our next caller real quick, 707-334. Who do we have patiently waiting on the line? Um, Lily, one of um, his biggest fans. Hi. Oh, <laughs> uh, snaps. What's up, Lily? Hey, how are you? Doing great this season. Doing how? great this season. So what oh, you got for you. us tonight? I don't look. <laughs> I don't even know. Um, I have something uh, about Fourth of July. I have something about you. You heard it before the um, one that wrote about. Um, oh gosh. Well, uh, no, wait. Before, before, yeah, you, have... before you get to read it, though, tell us. You know, give us your thoughts. Like, give us some verbal vomit here. What's what's on your mind and. You know, your reaction to the whole thing or any questions for the feature. Everything on my mind. I was strolling through my Facebook timeline like everyone else do, and I'm like, a video. And I'm looking, and my my heart just jumped out my chest. I saw two different versions of it. One was very graphic, where actually just it was just bad and I thought of my sons, I thought of my nephews I, I'm just afraid for all our young black men, period we can't even can't sell a CD can't buy any scoodles you, you can't do nothing but be black and pray and it, it's, it just breaks my heart And as far as yeah, as far as Jesse Williams, he's said what everyone else been saying, and I don't understand the backlash. Y'all upset and wanna get the man fired because he spoke the truth? Change your ways, exactly. <laughs> and we won't have to put you on blast like that. Period. Yeah. Point blank. What what else? What, what was the other topic we we're covering? Uh, shit. I uh, know between July fourth, uh, the whole thing with uh, oh. Mr. Sterling. Well, you know, I'm 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 waking up now uh, with the July fourth. Now I had to feed my kids because apparently I I'm a mother and I have to cook. So yes, I prepared a meal for them. My son all weekend. My 15 year old. He's like, can we go to the fireworks? No. Why not? Boy, that celebration ain't for us. What do you mean? Boy, you black. They don't they don't like you. So I'm going to need you. He's autistic. He don't understand a lot. So I just, look, 
we're, we're not liked here. We're not celebrating that. They're killing us off. So, no, we will not be going to see the fireworks. We're going to stay home and stay prayed up. Eat that chicken wing over there. Yep. You'll be all right. Um, <laughs> next, um, right. Sterling, not my heart, man, to see yet another news conference with yet another family member standing up there crying. And the, her, his son, just it, that just did it. I, I cried at work. And it was it just tired. And yes, uh, I would love to have a call to action and blow up a um, police station or something. But then, you know, the way our color folk is set up out here, um, a lot of us aren't aren't joined together at the hip. You're either jealous of one another and trying to one up each other. They'll never have your back on some serious shit. So if I was to say, okay, let's go set this off, okay, yeah, 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 and then all of a sudden I'm the only one there, then what? So, right. yeah. Difficult. Any questions for our feature this evening? Any uh, poignant things you'd like to say to him this evening? Geez, How you felt about uh, meeting yeah, him and so on and so forth? Just so um, I'm starstruck because I've met him. Yay, he was at my feature. And he opened up his mouth and stared and said, oh, really now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, then, and then heard him, heard him again at Connell Conversations. I'm like, oh, well, all right. Shit, I'm going to need a book or a CD. Where can I get that? <laughs> soon. <laughs> soon. I'm working on right. an album right now. Okay, how soon is soon? You know, I'm impatient. And, you know, I, I get paid once a month. So while I got change in my pocket, <laughs> I'm going to need you. You know, look, what's up? <laughs> <laughs> well, soon will be probably, let's say, at the end of the summer. And it's going to be, and, it, and it's going to be for everybody's pocket. It's not, I'm, I'm not going to sell it for anything, anything like extravagant. It's, 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 it's going to be bootleg prices. <laughs> right. Bootleg prices? Oh, dear. Exactly. Now, oh. <laughs> I can afford that. And now that I'm working summer school and have some extra funds, yes, I can support a black man and his honest way of living. Yes. I got That's you. Right. That's right. Thank you. That's right. You're welcome. Oh, welcome. All right, there, uh, Langeranga. You get to um, to ask the question here. She says she's got some poetry pieces that she's got lined up for you. Um, you know, well, ask her which ones you want to do, or or give her the recommendation as to what you want. There, I have something titled uh, "Who Got Next." That's um, written from the mindset of a prejudiced black, uh, prejudiced white man, or. Uh, the one about Fourth of July, how I'm finally waking up and not celebrating that shit anymore. Or is that other one? What was the one I read to you before Chamber Seven? I forgot what the name of it was. What, uh, what was the I topic? Is you? Uh, how we just injustice shit. <laughs> I, 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 I can't remember. Mm. Yeah, I can't remember. That's sad. Um, where is it? 
Yeah. Well, what you what you want to hear? The first one sounds Need pretty it. interesting. Okay. Um. Uh. Old momento. Poor favor. I'm looking for it. Do you have any more features coming up? Um, as of this as of this um moment, I really don't think so. But I do have mm-hmm. a lot of like open mic nights to go to, and hopefully after this, maybe I'll get a couple more features. But I'm just going to do my thing and just, you know, just let God take the wheel. Amen, amen. Okay, so I found it. So this is titled Who Got Next. So whenever you're ready. Okay, all you. Okay, black people, hide your kids, hide your men. It's hunting season once again. That's right, boys and girls. We hunting for niggers, pulling triggers when you run. Shoot you down just for fun. Come on down. Who's going to be the next victim on Lose Your Life? Well, all you tar babies lose, whether we're wrong or right. See, we have the authority by an overwhelming majority to shoot you dead like the wabbit dogs that you are. This badge right here states that we own you. Like we owned your ancestors. Like when we raped your wives and sisters, we will administer any and all punishment we feel that you deserve. We're the boogie monsters who hide under your bed. You need to get this shit through your head. We are in control of your beating heart. We determine when, not if, it stops. If you don't want to play your part, we'll give you a running start before we take you down, see. We're not just going to take over your town, but this whole U.S. of A. KKK, we have ways of destroying you. Your little goose brutes want to protest? Go ahead. We have plenty of bulletproof vests and masks. Let's choke your asses out with some beer gas. Throw you in jail and lock you away like some caged monkeys. Don't matter if you catch us on video because we run this show. We have politicians under our belt. You felt that mental whip that we inflicted on you? We've taken over Florida, the rest of the South, and all throughout the nation. This killing sensation is the best thing since we hung your asses from trees. I don't know why you people consider our form of extermination a global tragedy, because you're killing off your own kind in your community anyway. You rob for the thrill and fill your race up with drugs. If you don't give a fuck, why should we? We vow to make your lives hell because your black lives don't matter. We will shatter your very existence for as long as you live, which won't be too long if we have it our way. We'll stomp on your blackberries until your juices stain the streets. You will feel the agony from these feet. What won't kill you should make you weaker because we are the seekers and destroyers of your youngsters. Your children have no future because they are easily distracted. And the fact that they fight each other 
gives us great pleasure. We are the boys in blue who will white out all you black sons of bitches. Believe that. Our guns stay cocked, loaded, and ready to have target practice on your kids. There's not a damn thing that you can do about it. We will accomplish our goals until our last breath. So tell me, nigger, who got (laughs) next? Damn. <laughs> that was deep. Yeah. Really not much you can say after that. Mm, no, it's not. Now, what what was the source of that for you? All of this, yet another shooting. I wrote this last year, I think. I think it was last year, yep. either earlier this year or last year, and the the same same are people getting shot up. So one night I couldn't sleep, and I wrote it as a prejudiced white man, and I was afraid to post it. And I wrote, I read it to my twenty four year old, and he's like, "Do it." I'm like, "Oh gosh, I don't know. I'm scared," and posted it. And when, when you yeah. when you take the advice of a twenty two year old, yeah, you just ask for trouble though. Well, I mean, fuck it. We we were mad, and another another person killed for no reason, and they'll get off, and just, I mean, man, that that's how they think. Fortunately, yeah. Uh, your thoughts, there, Langerang? What do you think? I, I, I like you said, there's there's. There's really no words. I mean, that's 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 a very deep piece, and I mean, it's scary, but unfortunately, that's what goes through some people's minds. I mean, and it's very, you know, it takes a very very talented poet to delve and write in a perspective of somebody else's mind. You know, that's it's awesome. Thank you. This shit could write about happiness and rainbows. Shit, yeah. <laughs> well, I've always, I've always been used to like the first time we met. It was always the the love and erotica. So when oh, I yes. do get taken aback <laughs> when I hear the right. the deep. <laughs> yeah, I think everyone does. They they labeled they threw me in this nasty box. I'm like, but I have poems about Jesus. <laughs> Don't you want to hear? Praise him. Uh, like, no, <laughs> you want to make it. Jesus your, you want to make him your Lord yeah. and Savior? I got to be. No, Dang it. We, we no. Don't, we don't hear that. You, you just want me to <laughs> suck your we soul, huh? Nasty, okay. No. Well, exactly. You just want me to suck your soul. Okay. Well, damn. I, 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 Jesus <laughs> loved me. Amen. Thank you. Hallelujah. Exactly. Um, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yes. But congratulations again on your feature. I'll be waiting for my CT so I can purchase it. I will let you know. Oh, wait. You got to tell the the group where they can find you and who you are and all that good stuff. Um, I'm, I'm Lisa. I'm I'm no one special. I'm Lisa. Um, <laughs> I go by Lily. Um, ain't misbehaving. You can find me on Facebook, Lily, in quotation marks, the black. May West um, fan page, Misbehaving's Madness. Um, I guess I will make this announcement. Um, I'm working on my next CD. <laughs> Hashtag oh, no catfish okay. alone. Yeah. It will not be erotic. It's going to be some other shit. Yeah. 
<laughs> but, that's um, true. Yeah. That's true. It's 2017. That's true. So I will continue to listen to the show. Thank you so much. We appreciate you. Stay Thank right you there. Again. We appreciate you calling in. Absolutely. No problem. No problem. That was, ladies and gentlemen, Lee Lee, who is somebody. She's amazing. Make sure you check out her work. She's uh, another amazing, fabulous poet. Um, I did get in a text message not too long ago, and this individual makes a very valid point when they state this statement. Um, and uh, I, I value their opinion highly. I got a text message. I've been getting phone calls and text messages all day about the situation. And it's very, very true. It is still way too early for us to make a lot of determinations about the video. Um, you can only see it from one side. It's very grainy. There's several different things. Um, I I would like to know more about it before um, I make a final, yeah, this is definitely some. But I, I do, and this is just my personal opinion, I, I still think that there's, there's something significantly wrong with just a few things I did see. But granted, I wasn't there, and I wasn't standing right there when it happened. So, um, there are some things that I guess, uh, well, let me ask you this, Lane Brain. Do you think that maybe sometimes in some cases we sometimes jump to conclusions based on previous incidents that have occurred? Yeah, I do. You know, like maybe there's a possibility, maybe there's more to this than we know. Um, maybe he was like, you know, get your cops, I'm going to take all y'all down with me. We don't hear all that kind of stuff on the video. Um, But I have always been the type of person now, granted, I'm still infuriated by the situation, but again, there's still, uh, you know, after reading that text just now, it it is a valid point. It's still way too early. But my fear is when the evidence comes in, like I don't think right now is a great time for people to be rushing to the police station and blowing anything up, the way to handle things. Because some of those cops that are in there are bona fide good people who just wanted to protect their their area. Um, Though there might be a few bad seeds, which I think is the reason why black people are given such a bad name in the first place is because of the few bad seeds. We can't do the exact same thing back to them. I'm not saying that all cops are horrible or bad. I'm saying that there might be a disconnect between uh, the original function and how they handle certain situations and this repetitive nature of so many cops being killed. Uh, what are your thoughts? I want to dominate the conversation with it, but what is, what are your ideas behind it? What do we do from here? You're judging me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, I really don't know at this point. I mean, it's like in Lily in Lily's um poem, it's she said it, it was it's kind of hard for, and this is what I believe too. It's like hard for you know people to take us seriously when we have these Black Lives Matter Black Lives Matter movements and we have all these Black Pride movements and. In Baltimore, they're shooting pretty much every day. You know, I'm mm-hmm. worried about walking outside and not getting shot by a cop, but I'm also getting worried about being shot by a brother. So, I mean, like, if they think that 
we're killing ourselves, then why should Black Lives Matter to some people? That's how some people think. So I think it makes it easier for them to, yeah. And it's just that's a, that's a good point. I I hate talking I hate talking like that, but at the same time, personal experience. I've been robbed twice in this city, like in Baltimore, just for a phone, just because I had an iPhone, and somebody wanted it. They had more expensive things than I did, but yet they wanted the, they wanted what I have. Yeah, and. Basically, the sum of my life became an iPhone. Right. So, I mean, when I hear Black Lives Matter and I hear things like and I hear things of that nature, it leads me to believe who does Black Lives Matter to? Is it like are people just jumping on this bandwagon because they're jumping on this bandwagon? Because I mean, yeah. a lot of people that were rioting when the Freddie Gray thing happened last year, a lot of them were doing it as a means to further their own, you know, business and their own greed and their own personal things. And I'm probably going to get a lot of flack from saying that even in my own, you know, social circle and whatnot, but that's just really how I believe. So I really don't know how we can progress and, you know, the cops treating us because I don't think they're really going to see us as anything. They're going to see us as anything more than a target times. So And you know what? Let's let's be honest. Um someone else just sent me some very uh interesting information. Um and I, again thank you so much. I appreciate you. I know they're listening in right now and I really appreciate this. Um I one of the things that's that's glaring to me is we true enough we have to hold those who are not doing things correctly, we have to hold them accountable. Um but at the same token, I'm surprised there aren't more cops that aren't, like, inflamed by this. And maybe they're not allowed to. You know, maybe they're not, they're not allowed to say something. I don't know. Um, maybe that's a part of the creed. You know, you have to stick by each other, blue shield and so on. I don't know. But, like, there should be some kind of outrage from them because you're making them look bad. And at the same token, there should be an outrage from the black people that say, hey, you know, you're making us look bad knock it off. And that's from, you know, black person to another black person that they know is out there doing something, or do we turn a blind eye to the things they do wrong? Um, uh, one of the things that they pointed out here, they said, uh, where's our outrage toward the other daily murders, not just the murders that happen from police officers, because, like, for instance, when we see something, you see something escalate, you you normally see people like whip out a cell phone. They want to record the whole thing, right? Um, yeah. And that's because they see a cop. Because you know, of course, the cops are in the news all the time, right? But what about yeah. when you know two people are arguing? Two random black people. What two random white people? Like sixteen percent of the population, forty-one percent of the homicides. Is the 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 statistic that was just sent to me, um, and it it's just. It's outrageous that we're not paying attention to those murders either. Like, let's not make this a giant issue. The cops are killing us. Let's make the issue we're dying at an alarming rate, whether it be by the hand of the cops or somebody else, you know. So, anyway, I I don't want to, you know, belabor the point, bring it up, but I just wanted to point that out. So, 
let's let's ask this this question here, Alankaranga. What what is your hope for your poetry? Underlying reason that you do this? Basically, just to enlighten. I mean, I think everybody has a story to tell, and I mean. Poetry took me out of a very dark place. I was in a very dark place last year. And I had lost my brother. I just, I had lost a couple other family members. My health really wasn't what it needed to be. And I was writing. And I have a few friends. A couple of them are listening now. And I have a lot of a good support system. And they encouraged me to write. You know, and... I hope that people can, if it took me out of a dark place, I hope it can take somebody, poetry can take somebody else out of a dark place too. Amen. So. I, I guarantee you, I, I I firmly believe in that statement. I too feel the exact same way. Um, after some very difficult times in my life, poetry saved my life. Um, and I tell people that all the time in the sense that, like, I was, going through, me too, was going through a very difficult time, and it was just at the right place at the right time, and it was that freedom of expression. Um, During the conversation I had with my son, uh, he said, Dad, I don't know what I'm supposed to do in this time, and he he does hip-hop. Like you said, you know, I can't rap. And and I don't think I'm that that good of a rapper. I can do a little bit of something-something. You know, I can can throw some bars. However, uh, my son is good, and I'm, I'm proud of him. I told him, take all this angst and anger and frustration that you have and put it in your work because you're good at it. I think that that's the charge that we as artists have is to be the voice of the people when they don't know what to say. Exactly. You know. So with that said, um, as as we rapidly approach the 10 o'clock hour, for those of you who have called in just now, we want to thank you again. This is WKPJV Radio. I'm your host, Chamber 7. We have our amazing feature on this evening, Langaranga, out of Baltimore, Maryland. Uh, we're going to be asking him more poignant, straightforward questions, but I'm looking forward to hearing some more things from you two as well. Uh, make sure you press the number one on your keypad if you got something to say, you've got something to share, you got a poem, you got a few words of wisdom for all of our listeners. If you've got a question for myself or our amazing feature, press the number one on your keypad. In the next 36 minutes, the show will end streaming. So you're listening to us via streaming on your desktop, laptop, tablet, however. Uh, please make sure you call in before the 1030 hour. Please don't call in at 1031 and then scream at me about how you couldn't get in. The number is 347-324 if your hand on the studio board and let me know that you got something to say is the number one. Make sure you press the number one. So uh, very briefly, if you could, uh, sir, do you have any work that you want to share with us tonight just to kind of warm up the mic a little bit and then, you know, we'll We'll definitely jump back into it and ask some more questions, but I kind of want to give the people an idea of why in the world did we decide to bring Langaranga in this building? Like, what makes him so special? Can you drop some bars on him, let them know what the dealio is? Yes, I will. But since it's host choice, what 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 would you like? Would you like something to lighten it up, or would you like something deep, or would you like something funny, or would you like love and erotica? What, what would you like, Chamber? Man, you know what? I want to hear something deep. That's the kind of mood I'm in. I, I, I've been feeling pretty deep lately. Let's let's go deep, you know. And because and okay. that coupled with the fact that I know some of your work, man, you have me scratching my head with some of those similes and metaphors that you drop on us. So yeah, I want to hear some of that. Okay, this is a poem that I wrote, and I wrote it actually yesterday, and some of it today, and 
It's um it's titled American. All right. I am an American, yet I am arrogant and pretty because I don't smile and laugh for all the things that my country has done for me. They punish me for being black as coal, deny me my rights and tell me to act my role and expect me to bow down before the almighty flagpole when my black skin is perceived to hide a black soul. I went to the convenience store with a backpack. I check it at the front of the store. I must be stealing. I sit out front of my door on the front stoop. Must be drug dealing. I'm feeling angry. God forbid hostile. To be black in this country is to be branded a lost child. My beard labels me forsaken. I'm perceived as chanting assalamu alaikum when society is sadly mistaken. Contrary to popular belief, I do eat bacon. Yet I digress. If I walk by a woman in a nice dress, I might assess, but she's too busy clutching her Gucci bag close to her chest in terror. Does she not know that I have no wish to tear her from her precious cargo? To be black in America is a tale of sorrow. To be black in America means you have to let your cargo through random searches, follow through a Walmart trying to make a purchase, losing customers even though you were acting courteous, yet... You are still another, not a sister or a brother, just a figure with their finger on the trigger, just a nigger with no respect, just another government check. Oh, shit, it's one time. Hit the deck because they might break your neck and then acquit it next year. I shed tears, red, white, and blue. America, the home of the meek and land of the shackled slaves. But the joke's on you. America has never been America to me. You can line each butchered black body from sea to shining sea, and there'll still be room for you and me. This is my proud homeland, in which I'm a no man, but I won't be singing the Star Spangled Banner while we hold hands. But in this land, I built my character. What can you expect when you're living in America? And that's the piece. <laughs> Dope Ness, that's what I'm talking about. Sometimes I like to put it on mute because I'm, I'm going to be honest, sometimes you catch me with some of your uh, your quips there, and I don't want to, like, blurt out a laugh in the midst of it. So that's dope. Appreciate you, brother, man. <laughs> I'll tell you what. Another fun and interesting piece. I, I, I You never cease to amaze me, man. You never do. Um, I, I'll tell you what. I, I do have another special request, and I'm, I'm, a, I'm taking a departure from the norm. Normally I would roll back into questions. But I want to hear, do um, you have any of those pieces that you, like, wrote specifically for one of the shows? You mean old ones? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anything that you had, like, just, you know, you, you put it off to the side and you was like, yeah, I wrote this one, you know, just for this show that y'all had. You know what I mean? Yeah, I have a couple, I have a couple if you want me to perform. Do you have any preference? No, I want just any one of them. I, essentially, what I want to do is I want to give people the idea of what was going on. Like, you know, all right, so why this guy? Well, that's because this is the kind of this is the kind of work that this gentleman produces on just off of like I didn't, ladies and gentlemen, please keep this in mind. I didn't of his heart. He decided, you know what, I'm gonna 
I'm going to write this specific piece for this show. So I want the people to hear any one of those that you feel good about. And I prefer you read one of the ones that you, like, absolutely love. Like, yo, this is, this is that piece I really enjoyed. I'm glad I wrote that piece. Okay. I'll look for the one about insecurities. Yeah, oh, see? That's what I'm talking about right there. Yep. Ladies and gentlemen, not too long ago, we did a show called Bear My Insecurities. I was talking about the insecurities that sometimes men feel, and I specifically harped on men because I feel like men don't talk about our insecurities enough. So that was one of the main reasons I wanted to do this. And then uh, Magnificent Langerang came through, and the piece that he wrote about it was very poignant and straightforward. So um, I think this is, I think it's perfect. Okay, I'm ready whenever you're ready, Chamber. Absolutely. All you, bro. Okay. This is titled My Insecurities. To be comfortable in my flesh is a task of effort. They say to make a diamond, it takes pressure. But I can never live my life to the fullest measure. Not ever. Am I too black on the outside or am I white on the inside? I constantly have to defend my way of living as if I was put on this earth to serve you. I'm sorry if the choices I make personally hurt you. Them who I left behind, I never meant to desert you. I'm human. When I'm dead, I will return to the dirt too. I hypothesize that every day I have to apologize for problems I succumbed to before I was emotionally lobotomized. My eyes have seen plenty of chaos. After years of obesity and mental instability, will my grind ever pay off? The niggas that I was cool with from back in the day got their cake and ate it too and then made off. And all the stress that fills my being makes me want to tear my face off. They say I'm a sellout for loving someone who makes my world turn. They tell me to get the hell out and one day I'll learn my lesson. I just tell them that she's my blessing. Stop stressing. None of y'all will be invited to the wedding. I buried a mother's son, told her he was lifeless, saw her cradle his deceased body like the Pieta that was priceless, and saw everyone who was at the funeral to chant, hoop, and holler return to their own devices. I was there to hear the news that a dude that was 22 whose body was bruised with marks of self-mutilation succumbed to the devastation of life. So one night, the voices in his head told him to jump off a parking garage and take flight. My insecurities are many. My purity ended when I was a teenager. Yet I pray for God every day that I will be favored and hope that none of my dreams waver. I'm even insecure about reciting this poem, knowing that every stanza is a reflection of my inner demon. I hide my head in shame for every past lover I spurned who wants their turn to get even. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death on a daily, I see the light in the face of my little niece Haley. I pray to God to be a better man, but when I look down, I only see weathered hands, so I strive to put away childish things and formulate a better plan. This grind I do alienates me from friends and family. I haven't seen my mama in a few years. I shine every day, yet my eyes fill up with so many tears. Lord, please forgive me for my earthly fears, but I need your help, Lord. I'm dying here. And that's the piece. I have to be honest with you. Um, 
that is literally one of my favorite pieces to do. Uh, I, it literally breaks me down in the sense that, like, I hear a lot of me. Like, I know our stories aren't exactly the same. I hear a lot of me in there, and I, I'd like to believe that there are a lot of other men out there who feel the same way that you do, who have the same insecurities that you have, but have never been brave enough to say it. Some people think that bravery is just when, you know, you're big and strong and you can run through walls and you can knock over stuff. No, brave is when you're willing to admit your weaknesses to a group of people who might or might not be willing to give a crap long run. And I think it's, it's, it's incredibly human of you. It's incredibly powerful of you to display your weakness with the intent of helping other people, other men, other other men feel strong and to display to some women that, hey, you know, I'm a man, but I'm also still human. Like, I'm not, I'm not, you know, not here to always be the wall. You know what I'm saying? And I think that was incredible of you to do that. I, I really, really appreciate the fact that you did. You know? Thank you. It takes too much off. energy to front. It takes too much energy yeah, exactly. to front nowadays. Yeah, 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 exactly, exactly, I feel you, it does, it takes way too much energy to front, it takes way too much energy to sit around and, and pretend, you know, I agree, that is the truth, that is the absolute truth, and you know what, Um, I, I think that, I'm, well, at least I hope and pray that one day that these kids would, you know, hear that kind of stuff and would be like, oh, wow, maybe it is okay for me to feel this way, or, yeah, maybe it is okay for me to to, to speak speak my mind and, and say this is how I feel, you know what I mean? And I think a lot of times that a lot of these kids don't, you know, a lot of these kids don't get it, you know what I'm saying? Like, they always feel like, oh, well, you know, I got to be big and bad and tough, like the conversation I had with my son, I had to remind him, I said, yo, you... You don't have to be doing something wrong for you to get stopped by the cops. You can just be black. There's a town in in Louisiana. Just being black and in the wrong place. Exactly, exactly. And in this town in Louisiana, they they get stopped more there than anywhere else in like the entire United States. And it's it's just bananas that we you know we have this reoccurring theme over and over again. And I keep trying to tell my son, yo. You don't have to be doing anything wrong. I mean, I've been pulled over for not this, for literally traveling just under the speed limit, and they pulled me over. And, and I got stopped by two cop cars, but followed all the quote-unquote rules, and, you know, nothing ever happened. So it, it's just a matter of, of being, you know, completely, totally honest with our kids and letting them know what to deal with. So, all right, so give us some more. Tell us, uh, you know, give us some more tidbits about, you know, what the direction of your poetry is going to be and what's going to be next for you. What are you feeling? Are you well, feeling more features, more books, more tapes, more CDs? Well, like like I said earlier, my, my father and I, he, he's a talented musician and a talented performer in his own right. And he, he's been producing, you know, an album, like an album or a mixtape, whatever you want to call it, and we've been working on that. And we've gotten four pieces up and running, we've produced them, we've mixed them. I think I've even sent you a couple. Yep, 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 yep. 
So I'm I'm working on that. We're gonna go back into the studio and we're gonna we're gonna keep working. And as for features and whatnot, like I'm hoping one day I could do I can do one again. But just like really? I said, it's it's whatever God provides. So that's right. That's right. That's right. And I'm glad you said that. That's absolutely true. That is absolutely true. It's all dependent upon what God decides to provide. Um, I tell people all the time, I'm just a regular dude blessed with an extraordinary gift. I feel like all the true poets feel like that. I know for a fact that you've 100% always been humble with it. What do you attribute that humility to? Um, why, why so humble? You let's, let's be honest. You're good at what you do. You're very good at what you do, especially for somebody who's only been doing it since November, coming on stage and just spitting bars. Like, you're good at what you do. So, I mean, why the humility? I've always been told, I mean, I don't know if this applies, but my, my mom has always said uh, a hard head makes for a soft ass. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, I mean, being, you know, <laughs> you know, be, being, you know, cocky like a rooster and everything, you know, I mean, that the higher you are, the higher you, you put yourself up, it's so much far to fall. I mean, there are so many people better than better than me. Like the Chamber, you are awesome. Gay Mojave Wright is awesome. Simply Sherry is awesome. Of course, Lily. There are so many people doing their thing, and even the people that are in my crew. Like I have a brother who I thought was going to be on tonight with me, but I, I think he just might not be on tonight. His name, like I said, his name is Kaysom, and he's the person who. He got me into this, and he's talented in his own right. And there's so many people that have been doing their thing, and I just, I just listen and I just take notes, and I just want to get better. I want to get better, not better than them, but better than myself every day. I just want to keep going and going and going, and just you know, push the limit, see how far this can go. And that, my friend, feels like it's the same time. Exactly. I feel like that's the overarching thing right there is the one major piece is be better than yourself every day. And I told my son that nobody else is your competition except for you. Be better than the better than you yesterday every day is what I always say to him over and over again. Be better than the you from yesterday every single day. And that's that's actually what my dad told me today. <laughs> yeah, before I went on. Yeah. Just, and don't worry about anybody else. It doesn't. It doesn't matter, you know, who does what. And uh, and granted, I I sincerely appreciate appreciate, you know, your statements about my work, and and I appreciate that. But man, I tell you what, sometimes you say some stuff, and I'll be like, I, like my favorite my favorite poets of all time, are always the poets who say something that make me go, damn it, I wish I had wrote that. And you've done that a few times. Like you you wrote some stuff. I was like, man, that shit was dope. Like like even that piece that you did, that's by far my one of my favorite pieces from you because like I'd be like, Man, that's that's a dope piece. Now that granted I could write a piece that's similar and not be exactly the same, but you know what I'm saying, it's it's just super awesome when you do it. You know what I mean? And so I appreciate that. Absolutely, absolutely. So I see we got another person with their hand raised in here. Real quick, I'm going to make this quick announcement. 12 minutes left on the dial, ladies and gentlemen, 12 minutes left on this here streaming. Uh, if you are listening to us via streaming and you just called in with us, or if you listen to us via streaming and you just joined us, 
please call in, 347-324-5487. I hate for you to have to miss out on the rest of this amazing feature with Langaranga from Baltimore. Um, I'm your host, Chamber 7. We're here having a discussion about any and everything. If you've got something you'd like to share with us, you got something you'd like to say, a piece that you'd like to share with us, please press the number one in your keypad. Let me know that you got your hand raised. you got a question for me. you got a question for the feature. Tune right now. I've got a with I was just about to pull in this person and they oh oh they must have pressed the number one again. Um I think this is the same one. They must have already pressed it again. Let's try it again. Three zero one three six seven. Yes. Okay, so I, can you I hear was me? right. You Yep, I can hear you. Okay, so you did have okay. it pressed the first time, right? No, I did not. That wasn't you pressed me. The number. That wasn't you? No. But so you didn't want to say anything? I did. I just pressed it now, though. <laughs> ah, gotcha. <laughs> nice. So that was a dope guess. That's what that was. Yeah. All right. Time. So tell us, who, tell us who's joined us and, uh, you know, if you got a little something, something to say to our feature, what you got going on there? Uh, first of all, I apologize. When you called me out earlier, I wasn't able to answer my phone. I was listening to the show, but I was I couldn't say anything. Oh, no need. But I've been listening no to the whole show. No need for apology. Um, this show is really deep and I'm glad I got an opportunity to listen to it um and in the perspective of a white female who's been majority majorly in interracial relationships I've unfortunately had the opportunity to see a lot of the police mistreatment and things that have happened I've been pulled over alone and given a warning and got to take off and I've been pulled over in a car with black friends and had six other vehicles pull up and search the whole car and me and everybody in it. And that's, you know, it happened on different occasions throughout my life and I've always been treated differently when I've been alone. So parent of a mixed child to wonder how she's going to be treated and what we can do in the future to protect our children. And I think that, like you were saying, it's the scariest part as far as, you know, this, gentleman left behind five five children who have no one to care for him and the mother is not even going to have an opportunity to mourn him because she's worried about the electric bill. So I'm definitely on board with your fundraiser and if I can help you with anybody in our community I'd be more than happy to do that as well. Um, I think that everybody, a lot of writers, a lot of poets have suffered through quite a bit of in their life and writing is the release of all of that, and you said something about the fact that um, we only can take what God gives us, and I kind of had a piece that was related to that, if you'd like to hear it. Of course. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Um, not a writer like you guys, but so it's kind of amateur, but whatever. <laughs> um, are you ready? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um Robbed of all my worldly possessions, 20 years of work and 33 years of life with hardly anything to show for it but my aging body. A few shreds of remaining sanity and a hardened soul. And continuing days of a life that becomes more complex by the minute, so tell me what's next. See, I know this sounds depressing and selfish because I know all the cliches that someone has it harder than me and God only gives you what you can handle and make it through, but I have yet to know this man and God has yet to reveal this plan and I tell you I'm getting tired. See, I feel like I've walked an eternity through the desert's hottest sands and my brain has become rewired like even on a sunny day, 
my mind can't register even a single golden ray, and I must be walking backwards while life moves ahead, and success is yet to pull me to her chest and let me drink from her breast filled with glorious wealth and happiness, but that's okay because I'll probably just get confused and bite it. Like, the only thing that brings me pleasure is pain because I can write it. See, my soul is so devastated, its level of destruction is a Category 5, and some days it hurts just to be alive, and every time I try to move forward, the flood of pain rushes in deeper than the floods of the Ninth Ward. And what do you do when you find out that the most devastating hurricane in your life is named after you? See, I have now been stripped of all my worldly possessions and everything that ties me to this facade I've created for myself, and now all I'm left with is me. My broken promises and dreams, my cross-wire brain and fear to succeed, and I have become too comfortable with this pain. And even five years of therapy could not help me rearrange my way of thinking, like, what would I do if my heart wasn't bleeding and with my victim status safely intact, I'm comforted. See, I've been a victim for 26 years and a rather unsuccessful survivor and a selective memory that occasionally makes me out to be a stone-cold liar, and I have found too many ways to justify my failure. Like, this dream is too hot or this dream is too cold, and when I find one that's just right, I realize it's not my own, and I ask the Lord for guidance to make sure I don't listen because I don't want my life under his conditions. Like, I've done a hell of a job so far without submission, and I wonder will there be a day when God no longer listens. And... I'm at the point that I wonder that God no longer listens because he can't possibly wish this much pain on one of his children. And I've heard in order to be the light, you first must burn, but I better hurry up and start shining bright before this fire causes me to ignite. Like, when are you going to stop throwing gas into this flame and how burned do I have to be before I can be happy again? And God, there are days when I believe you can't possibly exist because it's easier for me to believe that you aren't there than to believe you put me through all this for hell. You did it to your own son. So what makes me think I'm a special one, but if you're there and you're listening, and I don't know if I can handle a Category 6 or 7, but if my life says in that direction, God, you better make some room in heaven. Mm. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's heavy. That's all I got. Wow. It's- and you say you're not a writer? <laughs> yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm glad I don't always have to be the one to say that shit. Yes. High five, bro. Thank you. Don't ever come on this show and say that shit again. You, look, that's Don't ever do that again. Don't you ever come on this show and do that again. Oh, I'm not a writer like you guys, and then you drop that bomb on us? No. Thank you. No. Absolutely. That arrangement of words should never come out your mouth in this show, in this arena, ever again. Yes, sir. (laughs) Wow. Thank you. I say that because I only have, like, seven poems. (laughs) They don't come. It doesn't matter. I can't can't do what he does. You know, he's here for topic, and he, you know, you come up with your, your, your poem last night about something that's today, and it was still just as powerful and poignant as anything that you might have written, you know, before that's in your archives of your favorites. You know, it, it doesn't come uh, to right. you. Wait, wait, wait. Let me, let, me, let me put it this way. And, and Langerang, let me, let me just get on my soapbox really quick here because she done got me started now. Okay. Let me say something. <laughs> I, I have well over, and this is an exaggeration, 700 poems. Easy. Wow. The public has probably heard a hundred of them, and probably uh-huh. remember 15, if that. 
I have a best friend that I've known for two damn decades. This Negro asked me for the same poem every time, and it's the first <laughs> spoken word piece I have ever written. And every time he does it, I think to myself, nigga, I've written like 700 pieces. Could you request another one? But that here's what I have to remember. That piece was meant for him to love, and I can't deny him that. And I'm, I have pieces that I absolutely am not a fan of, but other people are, and I have to respect that it's their perspective that they love. So whether I write one or one million, whether you write 6,000 pieces, if you have written down your emotion, you're a poet, period. If you have written anything, you're a writer, period, because yes. the sheer definition of a writer is someone who writes. Period. What you just said is no different than me saying, well, I don't have a car because I have a Nissan and you have a Ford Explorer. So they're both vehicles. Like, what's the damn difference? Well, I'm not really a driver because I drive a Maxima and you drive an Expedition. Uh, what, what difference does it make? They're both, you, you're driving the same thing. Am I wrong? We're still both drivers. So as a writer... You just write a different brand of writing than I do. Langaranga doesn't write the same thing I do. His shit is just as fire as mine is, but mine might emanate, you know, a blue flame, and his might emulate a white flame, and you know, it's it's just a, a a sheer nuance, but they're still the same category. You feel, you know, to anybody that's listening, writing is writing, poetry is poetry, but don't belittle your work. Not ever again especially if you're around us, because I'm going to talk about you. Just letting you know that. Okay. Just saying. <laughs> we'll never say just, that again. Just, put, just putting it out there. You got that right. Don't be, don't be going around here lying to folks. <laughs> I don't write poetry. I don't know what you're talking about. Um, just a really quick I'm announcement, a... too. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say, I'm a singer, and that's what everybody knows me for. And even when I would go to the poetry venues in Baltimore, I'm from Maryland also, and I would go to the Warm Wednesdays. I don't know if you go there. Um, but uh, I'm, I've am i been friends with Tawam AC for a while, so I would go and see his shows and, and stuff like that. And I told him one night, I was like, uh, I wrote a poem on the share of the piece. And, you know, I have, you know, because you get to do two. So I was like, I'm going to do, you know, two poems I have on the share. He said, well, why don't you just do one and then sing a song? So then that way, if the poems aren't good, it'll end on a good note. (laughs) 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 You know. Wow. That that was everybody's expectation, I guess, of my level of writing was that, you know, well, maybe you wrote a little something, but your singing would be better. So just stick to that. (laughs) So what did you do? So what happened? It oh, so you didn't well, sing so. at all? No, I didn't. And nope. what did they I wasn't what I was there for. Uh, Salam's exact words were, hey, Jess, I didn't know you could write. <laughs> <laughs> Hold on. So. Hey, Langaranga, you hear this foolishness right now? Do you hear this? <laughs> let me let me see if I got this right. Hold on. Um, I, 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 I think I'm confused here. Uh... You just got finished telling us that you ain't no writer like us. Right. I have also been in the arena. I've 
honor and privilege of of actually sharing a stage with Kalam Acey a few times. Um, However, I have never had that Negro say anything even remotely close to that about my poetry. (laughs) Right, but we're friends, so I assume that he was saying that, you know, just to be nice. That he was just being nice? Because we've performed at a lot of venues together, but always with me singing and him doing poetry. No, so. any, anybody <laughs> on this show knows Salam AC ain't that damn nice. If your <laughs> shit sucks, he's going to tell you. Hey, Langerang, did you ever met Salam AC? Did I lose you? Langerang, are you still there? Oh, oh, okay, I see what happened. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Well, I'll talk radio, must have left and loose. Hey, you still there? Can you hear me? I can yeah, I can hear you now. Sorry about that. Yep, okay, perfect. okay, okay. I think I got kicked off yeah, by welcome. accident, and then I'm back on now. Welcome back. Yeah, yeah, I see it now. <laughs> welcome back. So, and I, and I was just asking just now, have you ever have you ever met Salam Acey? Uh, no, I have not. Yo, well, Salam Acey is a, a monster on the mic. He's like, he's one of the, as far as I'm concerned, one of the great grandfathers of yeah. of the poetry set. So, like, uh, I, I just, I find it amazing that you've had the chance to meet that person and, and he, you know, he gave you that amazing compliment. Please don't take that lightly because if there's anything I know about him, uh, and obviously y'all are closer than, to each other than, than I know him, but the few times I've been on stage, I'd be looking for him to at least give me a head nod or something and he would just take a sip of his <laughs> drink and I'd be like, well, shit. So, you know what I mean? That's 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 my whole thought process. So yes, you're still a writer. In my previous statement, still holds water. Uh, real quick, ladies and gentlemen, this is WKPJB Radio. If you're just now joining us, we want to thank you. If you have not called in yet, you have like two and a half seconds. Actually, excuse me. I'm sorry. Blog Talk Radio has informed me you have 90 seconds. Phone number three four seven three two four five four eight seven. Make sure you press the number one on your keypad if you got a little something something to say. For those of y'all who have your hand raised right now, I thank you for that. Please keep your hand raised. We will pull you in. But we're about to enter into the illustrious champagne room where it's no holes barred. Anything goes pretty much like most of the show, but a heck of a lot more uh, on another level. Uh, we've got our amazing feature in the building, Langaranga. We're having discussions about any and everything. Please be aware we're going to have an intensive show with regards to the entire uh, Alton Sterling situation. Uh, we're also going to discuss the fundraiser and what we can do as a part of our call to action. That will be tomorrow night, same time, 8.30 to 11.30. Make sure you call in for that same number, 347-324-5487. You've got 60 seconds to call in to that number right now to make sure that you stay tuned for everything that we got going on. So right now, uh, with the both of you on the line, uh, first and foremost, thank you so much, ladies, for calling in. We appreciate you sharing your work. Langaranga, I want to give us a very brief break, if you don't mind. Um, and, and give you okay. some time to grab some water because we're going to go buck wild and ballistic here in just a second. Uh, we're going to go balls to the wall here in just a moment. So if you could, I'm going to play a little music music here and uh, give some people some time to, to get themselves together. And you know what? I am feeling really comfortable with uh, having my man uh, D.S. Williams in the building. So miles ahead, here it comes. Doing. 
I probably sound fine, ho. Fuck these haters taking space up in my mind, though. That was double-fisted, I was flipping up a lovely bird. Holding on to anger and you're bound to catch a other burn. Thus I learned to lighten up. Tip it cuff, stay lobby, mind your business industry. Make a difference, they let these side talk rockets, but the hype don't hurt me. Critics like crickets in the background chirping. I was boxing with a ukulele, put the bob in the weed. You know the bird gossip, they'll be lying on the D. Even though she was riding on the D a couple months ago, beside into a poesy, she pulling on my undertow. Whoa, I'm laying low in my bungalow. They came for them things, but it ain't what they wanted, though. No. On a flame with a thing that ain't the same as your name, but she's banging out the thunderdome. Crystal clear that my fears appear the same blood smears that follows me for years. No solution to the retribution causing contusion. To my ill born illusions of my proper solution. Ferris ox in my frame destroys my native name when it stays tame, but wild destroys the same. Past supernovas, red dwarves, and black hole. My soul go cold, blood ties, stories untold. Many layers to dimensions of thought retention. Stay bored if you don't capture all the attention. ADHD, no, you're not challenging me. Electrons and my neurons get killed from Lake Huron. Not my fault, neuron, the rope of simplicity. Mind getting enlightening, bored electricity. It would be a pity to see you in my vicinity. Challenge me, I'll turn uh, your whole future uh, to anonymity. Uh, uh. Because the seas will be overseas And we overseas Fake MCs Fighting the breeze Yo, Listen up the masses Like glasses Nigga, we see you We see you No raise you want No parenting skills But we can raise the sun We raise the brand We just an amazing man Nas with the flow Hold one alone Park with the show Big pop with the hoes Hope we feel Make it spill Case with the dough But we still shaking the flow We moving merrily Still faking our bro huh, Not necessary Yo, I'm impregnated with thoughts. Watch the sidekick, hero that's solo and soaring without the sidekick. Branded with an issue, signature quite official. Intelligence, truly authentic, not artificial. But look, let that mirror image ramble for rebuttal. Scuffle, Rick Grinch, the critics, soft muffle, shuffle, the anti drum or rhythm that is produced. Warn of any mind, no interest in any truth. Cause I'm the sum of fears and failures of my opponents. Confused on the mic on exactly what my tone is. Atonement maybe needed to exercise the spirit. They label me narcissistic with marvel at my appearance. Diction is ammunition, the press is just the target. Canvas that I created is evidence I'm an artist. Who's the hardest shit? I'm breaking down individuals. Using remaining letters showing I come before you. Huh, that's a long way from the coffee house. Only ones allegedly that know my album in and out. Stand them out to anyone peeking above the paramount. Take them out with what you will find within a surface mound. Once again, that was D.S. Williams, miles ahead with the group. Langerang, are you still in the building? Yes, I am. Excellent, excellent, excellent. Ladies and gentlemen, if you are still on this call, you are the only ones left in the building. We appreciate you. Thank you, each and every single one of y'all. If you already pressed one, do me a favor, press one again, because if you press one twice, it's going to take you off. And I think I could have sworn I saw somebody with their hand raised, and then all of a sudden it disappeared. So they might have pressed one twice. Um 
person who had their hand raised earlier. So if you had your hand raised earlier, please press the number one again. Oh, there it is. Awesome. See, I like when people listen to instructions. Six one zero four five one. Who you have on the line? Hi, Chamber. It's me, Jesse. What's up, Jesse? How are you? Hey, babe. I'm great. Hi, babe. Oh, that's so cute. <laughs> I love it. So, Jessica, oh, and now I know who it is, but for those who don't know who this is, uh, Jesse, give us give us a little bit of who you are and what and what you know of this gentleman on the line with us this evening. Oh well, I'm yeah, Lang Karanga's girlfriend, Jesse, and I'm listening <laughs> actually currently in my living room in Mortarsville, Pennsylvania. And my younger sister Amanda actually is listening too. Woo! <laughs> oh, that's awesome! Now that's you know what, and I I want to give you a shout out real quick. I appreciate that that loving support. Uh, it's a merit. It's a it's amazing when you have other who believes in your work and who shares in your passion of it. And and you know what, uh, I want to make this very clear because, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this isn't just she's just not doing this for show because you know Langring is on here because it's this feature. She comes on just to share her own words. Like, she's been a supporter of the WKPJB radio family as well. She's jumped in a few times and given us her points of view. So she's not just, you know, being drug along like, okay, I'll go to one of your silly poetry shows. No, she's actually somebody who has (laughs) an opinion as well, her own mind, and it just so happens she's also his girlfriend. So um, I want to present that and say thank you very much for being a part of his support system because, some days as an artist, and I can say this for myself, it's very hard to do this. I don't. I think people think it's very easy for me to just, like, throw down some words, make them rhyme, come up here, spit bars, and then all of a sudden people are throwing panties and dollar bills at me all day long, and that's not what the hell happens. <laughs> and sometimes it's really hard. Sometimes it's really difficult because in Langaranga, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, there are days when it's very heavy on your heart, this subject matter is, and it's to have a lap to put your head in and just be like, babe, you know, I just don't know what to do. And to just have somebody say it's going to be okay helps. Am I wrong? That's usually what she is to me. And I I mean, we try to, you know, just at the end of the day, we talk about, you know, how shitty the world can be. And then we just like, at least we got each other, (laughs) you know. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah. That's right. Absolutely right. Well, and um, I also just wanted to say, too, that I just really appreciate you, Chamber, because I think that just as a host of this radio show and just the way that you conduct yourself with the topics, and, I mean, there are hard topics that you bring up and you talk about on the show, and I think that that's why it's most important to keep something like this up because there's not a whole lot of forum such as this, to bring up topics that are hard to talk about and that really, like, bring up heated emotions. And so I think that your show has been the perfect medium to be able to talk about these things and have them be on the table and have all of us have open minds to all of our, like, differing but very valid opinions. Absolutely. And I and I really appreciate you saying that. Um not always easy to jump on here and do this. Uh, even though the show is only three hours long, 
there is a lot of back work that I try to do, um, some of which you might not ever hear. There's a lot of reading I try to do. I try to do a lot of fact-checking and making sure that the points that I'm going to bring up to you actually make not, not only make sense, but they're actually real. Sometimes people put up BS, and then I'll end up, you know, quoting something, and I'll be way off. But I like to do a little background check, make sure I know what I'm talking about, so on and so forth. So uh, I, I really do appreciate that acknowledgement of the, the hard work and diligence that it takes to kind of just basically run this. And it's not – and lucky for me, it's not just me. Um, I also have other individuals who've jumped in. Uh, shouts out to KW the Artisan, who did an absolute amazing job. These last four or five shows, if you notice, I, I'm not very good at the graphic art portion of it. Uh, I'll be completely honest with you, but KW the Artisan was one of our features at one time, and he, he did his own flyer, and then he came in, and he's been doing the subsequent flyers since then, and all of them have been amazing. Um, he's kept with the theme. He's done a great job, and his turnaround time is absolutely remarkable. Um, I really appreciate that. So shouts out to him. He's also an amazing artist. Make sure you stop by his webpage, um, the the Higher Up University, and check him out. Um, D.S. Williams, who's done a, a great job. He's provided some of the music. Um, in in later times, I'm going to also start promoting a lot of. Uh, and I I didn't do it today on purpose. Langaranga, but I'm going to take a lot of your work and I'm going to use it as a backdrop for some of the future shows and so on because I want other artists and I want other people to hear your work as well. So I think it's better for them to hear your actual uh, presence and voice right now, and then I'll save the other the recordings that you've sent to me for future shows so that other audiences can hear you. So I do that with as a as a sign of appreciation for all the hard work and effort that you put into what you do. And, you know, say thank you for all that. So, again, thank you to you and to you as well, Jesse, for being that support system for him when he needed it in order to produce the best possible work. Oh, sure, yeah. It's just always a pleasure to not only listen to, um, obviously, Mr. Lang Karanga, but everybody else that you have on the show. <laughs> it's so funny for me to call him that since I know him as Langston, but... <laughs> But, yeah, 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 yeah. But um, it is really awesome just to hear all the other great artists um, that you have on the show and to hear, like, all the other opinions, too. So, yeah, just keep up the good work. Absolutely. Now, I, I do have to ask a very straightforward question. We're in the champagne room, and I kind of want to – I want to jump on something that that I'm super super curious about, and I and I believe I have the, the correct two most mature individuals to answer this question. Uh, and and just I know, but for the sake of the the, the listening audience, um, of what nationality are you? Oh yes, I am um, Caucasian, and yes, specifically my heritage um, on all sides of my family is German, and I still have quite a few relatives that live in Germany. So, yep. All right. Awesome. <laughs> um, I, I absolutely love Germany. I went to Germany uh, a few times um, uh, as, a, uh, as a military service member, and I had a great time in Germany. They're very gruff, straightforward people, and I absolutely love this shit. Sometimes they were so straightforward, sometimes it was almost hilarious. <laughs> so, it, it, you know, it, it's just, you know. I absolutely love it. I'm sure. I'm sure that you see that a lot. So, all right. So, essentially, you you uh, being Caucasian, we'll say, uh, and you Langston being of uh, you know what the politically correct. And I'm using the politically correct words here. Caucasian, and you being African American, um, otherwise known as black, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, 
Have you yeah, run across any situation? Yeah, you can call me white, too. It's not situation. a big deal. Okay, all right. I just want to make sure because, you know, sometimes it sounds inoffensive. <laughs> so, all right. So, you're white. He's black. Um, do you two have any stories that lend to the racist nature of our nation's disapproval of your your love and affection towards each other? I'll let you go first, babe. Oh, actually, well, I was going to say the same thing, but thanks. (laughs) Um, Well, Sid and I have been dating for about, yeah, it's going on, um, yeah, eight, almost nine months now. So it's still pretty, like, new relationship. But, yeah, I have lived, like, in, like, the suburbs, like, kind of rural country areas of Pennsylvania for my entire life. So, um when I've gone to visit Langston and Baltimore, it's definitely been very different just being in the city and just with the culture differences as well. Um, And I lived in an area where just, yeah, there's really just a lot of white people and not a whole lot of diversity, um, which is a shame, I think. But luckily when I went off to college and when I gotten to visit Langston and Baltimore, I've been able to see a lot more diversity. So I guess that, yeah, say that when he comes to visit me, I think that I notice more of, like, just he, like, may comment to me that, oh, like, I'm the only black person in this room. And um, we may notice, like, a lot of stares sometimes and, um, we hang out actually with this other couple where um, the man in the relationship is white and his girlfriend is black. And so, like, especially when the four of us are all together, then, um, yeah, I feel like that we get more stares, I guess, since it's uh, two inter- interracial couples rather than just one. But, yeah. Right, right. But luckily, luckily though, at least for me, I mean, I feel like that, I mean, obviously I'm the majority when it comes to, yeah, just being white. I'm the person that probably experiences, and I know experiences the least amount of discrimination. There may be things that happen or, like, subtle things that I might not notice that Langston may notice. So, but, yeah, really the only things that I've noticed are, like, some stairs sometimes they are like almost like ooh like look at that cool interracial couple type stairs and sometimes they're like angry glares and whatever but we just ignore them and just keep being us <laughs> gotcha um have you have you ever um dealt with anything more direct um not specifically not, I mean, I hope that it won't happen in the future, but so far it's been pretty good. <laughs> Amazing. Um, there is a there is a movie that was recently shot. Um, I I I auditioned for it, but I didn't get any of the parts in it. And it's a movie. I don't know if any of you have actually heard of it, uh, but it was it was rated very high at the Cannes Film Festival. Um, it's a movie called uh, Loving. And it talks about one of the first um, interracial relationships between or interracial couple uh, in Virginia. And it, Richard Meldred Lovin. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Richard and Mildred Loving, an interracial couple, and they were sentenced to prison in Virginia in 1958 just for getting married. Um, it got critical acclaim. Um, uh, I, I had auditioned for it, I, I, but I had auditioned for a different part. It was like some small part in it. I didn't get that. But uh, if, if have have you ever had that feeling like where you've had to deal with law enforcement or somebody of that type or anything like that where it was like, you know, I, I hear that you've had the stairs and so on, but have you had anybody, like, come straight out? Like, it sounds to me, based on just the way you carry yourself, that your family doesn't have any issue. And when I was in Germany, I noticed the Germans really don't give a damn. Like, they, they can give a shit. They're like, as long as you, you cool, we, we cool. That's, that's kind of the attitude <laughs> that I got from most of them that I got. Now, Poland was a completely different story. No offense to any of the Polish, but there's a huge skinhead population in, in Poland. And they didn't particularly like me, so I got called nigger a couple of times and so on. But for some reason, Germany was like, yeah, whatever, you're black. I don't really give a shit. What do you want to eat or what kind of beer you want? And that's essentially the attitude I got most of the time. So, <laughs> um, did you ever get that kind of, I guess you could say, negative attitude when you brought Lang Ring around uh, those who are closer to you, like other than strangers, like acquaintances, friends, family? Um. Well, my family is pretty open, like, especially my immediate family, like my younger sister, she's two years younger than me, and I'm 23, and she's 21, and my mom and my dad, like, they're all very open, and just know that, yeah, we're all humans, and we all have, like, those connections to each other that are, like, friendship connections, romantic, and, like, deep love, like, intimate connections with each other, and, like, yeah, they've just always been very open-minded, and I think that's where, like, I'd like to attribute that I get that from, is that my parents have always raised me that we all, like, are God's children, and, you know, like, so one person is not any more important than the other, one person is not, like, you know, lesser than another either and so yeah I mean there's a few people and I'd say like maybe in my extended family who have like said kind of like just things that have hurt my feelings and that like you know I think to myself well if they would say that in front of Langston then yeah that would definitely not be very polite to him and definitely make me angry but right yeah But as far as, like, anything violent, like, I definitely know that nothing like that would happen, like, in my family or any such things like that. And I think, too, that especially, like, my family members before meeting Langston versus after meeting him, it was funny to see, like, how the attitudes changed. Like, mm-hmm. before they knew him, it was like, oh, like, you know, what is he going to be like? And all their, like, prejudices or stereotypes that they had in their head were still very real. And then after talking to him and, like, getting to know him, it's like, oh, like, he's actually, you know, an intelligent and great guy who's treating her right. So we don't have to mm-hmm. worry about it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, 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 right. And what about what about you, um, like Rango? Like from from your standpoint, was there anything from that standpoint? Like I, I know we've been harping on Jesse the whole time, but have you had any of that from your standpoint? So um, 
I mean, my family tends to be, like, open, too, when it comes to that. And, I mean, my brother, they tend to racially, too. So, he, my my parents have been used to it. And, I mean, my immediate, my immediate family were, like, 50 shades of black. So, we're, like, from <laughs> blueberry black to, like, cafe au lait to, like, light bright, almost white. So... We're all the shades of the spectrum, and we're we're pretty much we're we're everything. So I mean, so it's never been an issue. It's normally issues with strangers. Like you you asked if there were like specific incidents. I mean, I remember walking into the mall once, and somebody said under their breath, "Well, I don't have to like it. I think it's very disgusting." And I was just like. Well, you can take your ass off. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't say yeah, that out loud. Right, 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 right. Say that out loud. I get it. I get but it. I, yeah. I, I really wanted to. I mean, and it's. I think it. I think what's frustrating to me, and has always been frustrating to me, is the the consistent attitude of people thinking that they can control your life, like, oh, because because I don't agree with it, you shouldn't do it. That's, that's, like, what's frustrating to me all the time is that's literally the reason why they came, they being the other people, like the pilgrims, and the initial reason they came to the United States in the first place. Like, the, the original reason they sailed over here in the first freaking place was for freedom, only for you to get here and be prejudiced and deny people their freedom while simultaneously taking away people's freedom. I mean, yeah. and that's what's always been frustrating I me, mean, whether it's been the Indians or the slaves or, you know, or the people you took from Africa that you turned into slaves, you know, well, no matter what you, you, you call it, you know, like turn around and do the exact same opposite thing. It's just, you know, I, I don't know. It's just, it's always been very baffling to me. So I'm I'm proud of the two of you for walking that walk with each other and you know taking that very amazing leap of faith with each other because it, I'm I'm sure it can't be easy some days to deal with the BS that you get from other people looking at you and and poking fun and blah blah blah. Like it's just got to be difficult yeah. some days. I can just imagine. You know. So you know, what's it um, like actually, being a, the girlfriend of a poet? I'm sorry. Say what you were going to say first and then answer that question. Oh, yeah, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. I just actually no, um, no thought of, I just actually thought of something that um was a story of something that happened to Langston and I um but like it didn't actually involve racism towards us. Babe, do you remember what happened at the mall when we got Chinese food that time? Oh, yeah. You want to tell the story? That's a good one for the topic we're talking about. Yeah, there was this business um high place that we like to go to and they serve and they at the front of it they serve like little samples and this and the person that was giving samples was a Thai man and he was giving a white Caucasian man a sample and he said the the Caucasian man said I already told you I didn't want a sample. We don't always we don't all look alike or something like that. And by him saying that he was implying that all Asians look alike to him. And I oh, had to wow. hold Jesse back almost from, you know, saying something to that guy because she really wanted to say something to him. So Yeah. 
It was very yeah. obnoxious, and he, like, yelled it, like, really loud in the middle of the food court for everybody to hear. Because the poor, the poor Thai man was just standing there like, what did I say? Right, 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 right. He was just, just doing his job. Right. He was just asking, hey, do you want one? Like, you know, but it, it never ceases to amaze me the, the level of prejudice that people go through on a regular basis just to hear that BS just yeah. so... You know. That was one of those moments where I was like, uh, I'm just going to crawl in a hole because I'm ashamed to be a white person right now. <laughs> and, I, you know, and that's, that's the other thing, too. Like, I don't think you should because you're not one of them. Um, like, I, I find it really hard sometimes to hear that black people make these inferences and think to themselves, oh, yeah, you know, these white people, this, these white people, that. And sometimes it's hard for me because I'm thinking to myself, it's not all white people. All white people are not out to get all black people. And all Asian people aren't super, super smart and know martial arts and kick people's ass every time they blink at them because they have to defend their honor. You know, it's these stereotypes that we don't want inflicted on us that we end up inflicting on other people because it makes it easier, you know. It's just it's so strange. Yeah. It just—it never ceases to amaze me how, how we end up doing that and crippling ourselves based on, you know, these weird designs that we come up with in our heads. So, um, all right, so uh, back to my original question. Um, what's it like dating a poet? Oh, I've actually, I've never really thought about that before, so that's an interesting question. Um, for me, it's really cool because, like, Langston's such a soft-spoken and reserved type of person, believe it or not. <laughs> you would never know that from his poetry because I feel like that as I think that he said it before that like his poetry is like not only his art and his way of expressing himself himself, but it's also his therapy. I think. Maybe that's just because that I'm studying to be a therapist though that I think that but <laughs> so You're spot on yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. like, I just think that that's yeah. really cool that through his poetry that not only me but everybody that he, that listens to his poetry gets to hear a special part of his soul that doesn't usually come out just in regular conversation. Right. And, and, and how has it been for you, uh, like, does he – strategically, like, throw out a poem every once in a while? Is he one of those people that, like, speaks in poem all day long? Has he ever gotten annoying with poetry? Or is he just a normal guy that writes poetry sometimes? <laughs> yeah, actually, um, I feel like it's special opportunities, like listening to this radio show and going to his open mics, where, like, that's really the only times that I get to hear his poetry, unless um, sometimes he texts stuff to me that he's like, oh, hey, I wrote this. Do you want to see or like sometimes when we FaceTime each other, he'll read me a new piece. And so, yeah. So I feel like a lot of it just, yeah, he keeps like quietly in his head. And then all of a sudden when he shares it with people that it just like explodes out and you're like, Oh wow. I never would have thought that that was going on in your mind and in your soul. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, this, does he ever, like, have there ever been times when you go to an open mic and he performs and he surprises you? 
Oh, I feel like every time that he does, yeah. But I might be a little biased since I'm his girlfriend. <laughs> wow. Wow. That's that's pretty dope. Like, I, I'm, I'm really glad to hear that. I asked those specific questions because of the fact that I wanted um, to just kind of, you know, bring out the fact, because it, it's sometimes very rare that we actually get poet couples on 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 the line and get the opportunity to hear it from the young lady's standpoint or, you know, the the other individual in the relationship and find out what they feel and find out what they have to say. Because some people, I know some people that say, I am never dating a poet because y'all are motherfucking crazy. And you're right, we are. I'll be completely honest. A lot of us have some, some serious. I'm not even going. I'm not even going to front that in the sauce right here. I'm going to tell you the truth. Uh, it. it uh oh. Funny thing. I think Langaranga actually. His call actually dropped somehow. So we we lost the feature. Uh-oh. Sorry about that. Um, but we're going to keep Jesse on. So, um, <laughs> and then, yeah, because or hopefully maybe if you can like chime him in. I don't know if it's, it's even possible, but. Um, the, the interesting thing is that, you know, as crazy as a lot of us are, the, the issues that we have, I think we, we, you know, a lot of people feel in and we got some, you know, we got some things going on in our head. We think slightly differently than most people, I think. Um, we see things differently. I know for a fact I do, so that's why I was kind of curious with regards to, you know, how Langaranga handles things and how he does stuff and so on. So um, I, I have always, like I said, thoroughly enjoyed his work and how he handles things and so on, so. Um, you know, he's he's been an absolutely amazing and wonderful person to chit chat with. So uh and glad that we had the opportunity to have him on as a feature. Um, Jesse, is it possible can you like maybe you can text or call him or something like that or like maybe put us yeah, on hold. Don't hang up hang up him. with us. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, and if there's a way that you can like merge to... that call in, that'd be great. Oh, okay. Yeah, it said that he tried to call back but that it's not letting him back in. Yeah, yeah. After ten thirty once once the if the call drops like accidentally or something like that, if you try to call back after that, it's oh, if he okay. can call you and you can like bring him oh. in without without dropping this call, that'd be great. Sure. Yeah. All right. So I'm a, I'm gonna let you try to do that. What I'm gonna do is I'm a I'm a as a matter of fact what I'll do is I'll put you on hold real quick. Um, don't hang up yeah, on us. No though. problem. And and then I'm gonna read a couple, read a piece or two, and then we'll I'll bring you right back. All right? Sound good? Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. All right, stick around for us. I'm gonna read a couple pieces here, just to try to save the time. Ladies and gentlemen, for those of y'all who are still sticking around, appreciate you for staying around um, and listening to this here guy and this awesome show, WKPJV Radio. I got my amazing feature, Delangaringa, is in the building from Baltimore. We got his uh, young lady on the call with us, Jesse. Uh, unfortunately, we, his, his call might have dropped by accident at some point. Um, she's going to try to chime him in so that way we can continue talking with our feature. But in the meantime, I'd like to read a piece. So in the meantime, I'm going to read this really quick piece. I hope you enjoy it. It's called Geometric Jungle. It's a piece that I've read several times before. But I hope you like it this time that you're hearing it today. So here it goes. It's called Geometric Jungle. The world is geometrically an imperfect circle. So it is, any, is it any wonder that the faster you run from something, the more likely you are to run right back into it? Well, he did everything in his power to live right. Follow the path of a decent life, but he's been doing, he's been working in the same position for 15 years, struggling just to make ends meet. All the while, he watches his friends juggling 20 or 30 clients as they hustle the streets. And there's no doubt that some form of jealousy is rearing its ugly head from his depths, but he's 
still trying to maintain a single-minded focus on a legitimate mission, doing whatever he can to deny the hustler genes that sprout from his family tree. His granddaddy, his great-granddaddy, even his grandmother were all hustlers. That's how the family survived. That's how the family put food on the table when the market crashed back in 1929, but contrary to his hereditary resume, he wanted to stay on the straight and narrow because he wants ghetto that has been littered with remnants of gun claps and crack files. Up to this point, he's been successful at deflecting bankruptcy with one paycheck after another, but then the dreadful day comes when he checks the mail that is now overflowing with the medical bills for his mother. It seems that being a cancer survivor doesn't mean the battle of survival is over because without steady payments to one or the other, his mother will die or the bank will soon be threatening foreclosure. Now the temptation of corruption lurks even stronger as the immediate need for funds is bound to force his shady dealings into the light of feasible exposure, but he's no pushover. So he's going to make one more request for a raise, even though he knows that in nearly nine years, minimum wage hasn't changed. This is why his fear of failure remains at the forefront of his mindset. Nevertheless, on the job, he is still considered the best. Too bad the boss doesn't agree because at his age, they say that cost-benefit analysis doesn't warrant sending him to any of the schools that are necessary for career enhancement. So there are, <coughs> excuse me, so there goes his chances at career advancement. And so begins the crippling evolution of a man who has given so much to avoid the situation, but now he finds himself staring at the very death-dealing tools of a mercenary trade that will eventually make him another slave to the system, as if he didn't already feel like one. Here's the question. Is he a product of his environment selling lethal products to his environment? Not to say that his surroundings were his excuse, but can you blame him when he's confined by a system that won't allow anyone like him to improve? The world is geometrically in imperfect circles, so is it any wonder that the faster you run from something, the more likely you are to run right back into it? That's my piece. It's called The Geometric Circle. Uh, Geometric Jungle, I hope you enjoyed it. Hey, Jesse, what's cracking? So there? That's Langston's right. trying to call me right now, so do I just hit the holding to accept and he'll come in? If I'm not mistaken, yeah, give it a shot and see if that'll that'll pull you in. <clears throat> We're playing with phones today, ladies and gentlemen. This is this is the juggle that we have to do um sometimes. Hey, Langston called me, Jay. but I don't know how to get him on the call. Like oh, on the radio no. part. <laughs> yeah, it's all dependent upon the um I'm, uh, let me think. I don't know if there's a way we can do that. You would have to call somebody who's already on the line and then switch over. And I don't, I'm not sure how to merge calls on that particular phone. So I don't know. Yeah, I don't know what was going on with this phone. Yeah, it's, sometimes it just it, it just happens um, where <clears throat> where sometimes um, you drop a call and it it's coming yeah. like that. So no worries. We'll just have to talk about them. We only got a few minutes left anyway. Um, so <laughs> we're, we're going to uh, – oh, wait. I see somebody else has called in. Let's see if um, – let's see what we got here. Or not called in, but somebody chimed in. They got their hand raised. Let's see what they have to say. So I got a 910 Who do we have on the line? Hey, this is Adrian. What's up, Adrian? How you doing? 
Hey, nothing much. I've been, uh... What's up, Chambers? What's up, Chambers? Hey! What's up? <laughs> that was KW the Artisan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, my man. Shout yeah, so, um... Yeah, so, yeah, he came in as soon as I chimed in. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, right. I've been listening, and I just want to comment. And I know your your uh, guest ended up getting disconnected, but I want to say um, I like his work and all that was going on, and I've been enjoying the callers that have called in and shared. And what was the young lady's name that said she wasn't a poet? I didn't get her name. Oh, that was Jessie, mm-hmm. and yes, yeah, okay. I think she's actually still on the line. Um, it's funny because okay. now I got Jesse. I have Jesse, who's Langaranga's girlfriend, and then I've got Jesse, the singer. So let me let me see if I got the girl on. Yeah, the singer. That she was very. That was very very good. <laughs> yeah, is is she there? Do we have her on the line? Three zero one three six seven. You on the line? Oh, there she is. Yeah, I'm here. Okay, so so <laughs> Adrian. Like we had previously stated, I'd like you to go ahead and berate her the same way I did earlier, and don't ever let her say she's not a writer again. Feel free. Well, I, really, I just want to say because I say the same thing, and you know, I tell people, well, I'm not, you know, I, I have a book, I have a poetry book, I write poetry, but I'm right. not. I don't feel that I am up to the caliber of these other phenomenal poets like Chamber. Yeah, they're and, amazing. Um, yeah, and. Look, and I can't pronounce the other guy's name. Lang- <laughs> oh, Langaranga? And yeah. yeah, him. Yes, the 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 guest speaker. I'm sorry, it's yeah. hard. I'm you know, it's late. Um, and a lot of the other you know poets around, like I'm in the Raleigh area, and I always say it, and I get fussed at by everybody, especially uh, Dahlia 22. She gets on me so bad, and the and it's like you know they're like, no, you're 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 you, you have your lane, you have what you do, and you're phenomenal at what you do. So just know that you don't have to be like the other poets. You have to be like you and be uniquely you, and that's what sets you apart from everybody else because if you're like everybody else, you won't stand out. And I just want to say that the poem that you did was actually amazing, and I actually enjoyed it. So keep doing that and and singing and all the stuff that you do. So that's all I wanted to say. (laughs) I, I appreciate that. I, I think I understand what you're saying as far as that's concerned. And my introduction into spoken word, I think, was, um, you know, I was brought in as a as a singer at some poets and painters events, and I was really drawn into the community. But I was also introduced to some of the greats immediately, and right. so yeah. you know, it, yeah. I say that, and then in comparison to poem, I like what I did, but. I have to read it from a book. I don't, you know, memorize it. And, I mean, I see these oh. guys get up there and women and stuff and, and mm. like, you know, Talam and Megan Rickman and, and you know, and just their – I can feel their words. It's not even just listening to what mm-hmm. they're saying. Their delivery is so intense and so uh, passionate. Um, I'm, I can say – I guess I'm, I will say now, Chamber – that I am a writer, but I feel like a a fledgling, you know, newborn in that area and would aspire to live up to the ability of some of these amazing artists that I've had the opportunity to meet and work with. 
And but I thank you for okay. um, saying that you enjoyed my poem. And well, Chamber, before Absolutely. you go in, before you before you sure. go in, I do. I'm going to ask you a question, and then you can go in. How many poems have I memorized? None. Okay, thank you. <laughs> but I here's the read. sad part. I can. I I know probably one of Salam's albums that's my favorite. I literally know every poem by heart, but I don't know my own. <laughs> Yes. I could get on here that, and recite his work, but I can't recite and, and my I, own. And I will say I do listen to um, uh, Tim Jackson. I have his I have his um, CD, and I know most of his poems by heart, and I don't know my own either. So, okay. <laughs> and, so and you know what? Okay. To be honest with you, it's, okay. I, it, it's it's all right because I mean, even even Adrian's seen it one time. I I I've, I've been doing yes. poetry for years. There are days when I jacked up my own piece. And I, I'm yeah. used to doing it, and it's hard some days. It's hard. It, it, yeah. it, all right, so let me ask you a question. You're a singer, right? Correct. Okay. If you had the opportunity <laughs> to meet, I don't know, Adele, you going to tell her you ain't a singer? No, because I can <laughs> sing all of her uh, music. I was just waiting for that. <laughs> that. The long pause gave me all the answer that I need right there. Like, no, you ain't going to tell her. You're not. Yeah, I'm a singer, no. bitch. Bring it on. No, that's that. That, but that's but that's the thing is like the way that that I felt for these artists is the way that I, that's a lot of I've I've been blessed with a really great gift and it's a lot of the way that the people see me uh, on the other end of that you know when I walk in the room they're like oh my god it's Jesse you know she's here and you know and <laughs> to, to me I I don't hear exactly what they hear I, you know I, I know that I'm I'm good and I have a gift but I don't. Everybody's their own worst critic, obviously. Yes. And I always yes. feel like I have areas to improve, and but I try to learn from the other artists that I admire. Um, a lot of those artists, older, more, you know, the artists that sounded the same on the street corners they did in the studio, Edda James, Teresa Franklin, Al Green, you know, the people who. It's not, you know, you're not going in there and having somebody work some magic for you and you know, sing one one line and then take a break and sing another line. You know, this is what these people sounded like and that's who who I wanna be. And and when I see these poets, unfortunately, since I've moved to the south, um, I don't have the venues available that I had being in the north. And Chamber I talked to you about coming to Myrtle Beach and doing a show here because they need it. We need it. I need it. You know, it just it, there's yeah everybody focuses on, on the resort town aspect of it. And, and the rest of the year when the tourists are gone, there's no culture and there's no outlet for the artists that we have here. And we have so many. And, but I think that, you know, if, if you had, if you ask me now, if I met Adele, am I going to tell her I'm not a singer? Absolutely mm-hmm. not. I'm be like Adele. I can sing girl. Like let's do a song together. But if you had asked <laughs> me that when I was 20, when I was 21, I mean, I've spent years that I'll be, I'll be 40 in August. I've spent years, you know, perfecting what I do and I'm still learning. And I'm at the point now that I'm actually a teacher, I give vocal lessons in the off season. And so if, if Adele had asked me if I was 20, am I a singer? I would say, well, I like to sing karaoke. You know, I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't have, I would, I would still be saying about that, what I'm saying about poetry now, because, and maybe in 20 years, I'll be telling you in poetry, like, yeah, I'm a writer, you know? But <laughs> yeah, yeah, I got you. I got you. You feel me? 
Yeah, I get you. And 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 all right. So this is the only way I can differentiate between you. The other Jesse, are you still on? You're still here. You can just call me. Yes, Jessica, I'm here. You want chamber? Okay. So all right, gotcha. Me? So Jess is going to be the singer. Jesse's going to be lingering with his girlfriend. Um. <laughs> If anything, I'd like you to convey this message to him, or if if he can still hear us, and I, I don't know, he said he's trying to get on using one of his friends with the few minutes we got. Yeah, but, um, I, yeah, it's uh, actually, um, yeah, one of my friends is trying to, yes, get them in the call. Him in? So. Okay, good, good, Jesse, good. If you good. have an um, iPhone, you should be able to push add call and call him on the three way and pull him in. I don't know about the other phones though. I just know that for iPhone. Oh, All right. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, make sure that he understands because, like, savvy I am. <laughs> <laughs> but that and and, and he's expressing because he was he was concerned, and I I just want him to know, you know, this is this is not a matter of unprofessionalism. This is just you know technical difficulties. There's some days I've jumped on the show. I started a little late because Blog Talk Radio decided to take its sweet ass time pulling up today, and you know sometimes that <laughs> yeah. just happens. There was there was one time I was an hour early, got everything started, and the second eight thirty showed up, the shit froze, and I was like, "Are you kidding me? Are you serious?" And it took me thirty, it took me almost fifteen twenty minutes to get it back online because I had to restart everything over again, and I was ready like an hour early. I was kind of like, "Oh, I'm on call," so you know, shit happens. It's just you know, it's just you know, call it state of state. Um, so no, no, no shade to our amazing feature this evening. He's been great. He's been wonderful and gracious. Yeah. Uh, but even he has said he's only been doing this eight months, and he is a phenomenal poet. Um, so I, yeah. I, again, like yeah, like Adrian just said, I think Jess is a phenomenal poet, and and uh, she she does a great job at it. And, you know, sometimes I, I think you might just be. Granted, I get what you're saying. But you're being just a hair bit hard on yourself because, to be honest with you, I get around some of these poets. I, I'll tell you a really quick story. I get around a lot of these poets, and I tell them I feel I still feel like a rookie, and I've been doing this like 12 years. And I had a conversation with one of my favorite mentors. His name is Thirteen and Nazareth, and he and I, after a show, chit chat and share a beer. And thir- yeah, so you know Thirteen. Very yeah, soft, he's spoken, awesome. Really cool yeah. ass dude. Love that cat. Um, and he looks at me with his head cocked to the side, and he goes. And I said, man, it just feels like every time you get on stage, everybody just freezes. And, you know, I, I kind of want to get that feeling from people. And he looked at me and he said, do you always think they do that for me and not for you? And in that moment uh-huh. of him saying that, it gave me a clarity that everybody doesn't have the same perspective. He's had days where he got on stage and felt the exact same way that I did, where he didn't sell any books or didn't sell any CDs. So it's just a matter of just keep doing it. So um, I not only say yeah. that to you, I also say that to Langaranga. Um, he has been, and I, I love his drive. I absolutely love his confidence. He is phenomenal when it comes to that. I wish you could have been there to feel the energy coming off of him the day that I first met him when he stepped on stage. Absolutely freaking incredible. He is phenomenal when it comes to that. As humble yeah. as he is, Speaking of he him, is like um, a Chamber. gentle giant. Yeah. I'm, I'm sorry to interrupt, but um, my friend Emily actually has Langston on the line. She's a 484 number. Got her. Press number yep. one. Yay. <laughs> let's see, let's see, let's see. Hello. 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 Hi. All right. So now we got like 12 people on the call. What's cracking? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Can you hear me, Chamber? 
I can hear you just fine. Thank you so much, Ellen. I appreciate you for yeah. calling him in. Uh, th- see, w- with the advent of technology and teamwork. So <laughs> thank you, Jess, for sharing that information with Jesse for helping yeah, out to get everybody online. Yes, awesome. So thank you very much. Uh, yeah, so since you've been gone, Langaranga, we've just been talking shit about you the whole time, and it's, it's all been great <laughs> to say that right now. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, you're, you're just going to have to trust us Believe your girlfriend or go back and check in the archives to hear the whole show to find out what we said. So there it is. <laughs> I trust you. Yeah. I appreciate it. I appreciate it. So um, we got a few minutes left here. What I'm going to do is, first and foremost, um, if anybody has any words of wisdom that they want to share with Langaranga now, that'd be great. Go ahead and do that. But then right after that, Langaranga, if you've got a couple of pieces that you can sit bars on us for, I'd like to close out the show with that. So. Anybody got anything that they wanted to share with Langaranga first? Everybody wants. Well, since awesome. you saved him, do you want to say something? <laughs> what? <laughs> you saved him, Emily, so do you want to ask him something? <laughs> You're a writer in your own right, Emily. <laughs> yes, I am. Um, I don't really have a question. I just wanted to say good job. It's my first time calling in, uh, and I really like it. So I'll probably come uh, tune in as often as I can. Uh, probably not next week, though, because I have to get ready for a trip abroad. But from now on, I'll probably be tuning in. Absolutely excellent. Well, safe travels on wherever you're going next, and we really, really appreciate you helping us get our feature back on the line there. Uh, now, uh, last but not least, I, I put my other two callers on hold, because, or excuse me, on mute, uh, hoping that they'll stay on. Uh, thank you, Jess. Thank you, Adrian. Please stick around. I just want to make sure I um, gave you the forum there. Uh, Langaranga, can you bless us with some more of your amazing work? Okay. Now, um, what would you like, Chamberlain? Uh, deep or light hearted? You know what? I, you know me. I like deep, man. I, I'm a deep person. I, I like the deep shit. I like the shit that makes me go, oh wow, that was kind of dope. And you did us with a couple of them. So give me, give me two deep pieces, bro. Okay, okay. This one is called Ten Miles, and it's about a situation that I've was in for about a month now, but hopefully it's ended. I gave an inch. You took 10 miles. I tried to turn those frowns upside down and into smiles. You felt exiled because of your choice. You gave up your scruples to be a voice crying bullshit in the wilderness. You felt spurned like a lover or some motherless child. The shit you spewed became infantile. Yet I gave you refuge from the beast of the field. Yield and give thanks that I cared for you when others turned their backs. To be exact, I compensated for that which you lacked. We formed a pact. You found me when I descended to hell and brimstone. I don't mean to have a grim tone when I say no one owes you shit. I plead the fifth and stayed silent. I tried to be compliant to the hellish nature of your existence. But your resistance to reason became futile, and you would lash out like a rude child who needed that ass whooped. When did you become shook? When did you realize there are wolves in the forest? When did it sink in? The climate out here presents hardships. Your ideals and dreams turned to shit in your mouth. Every plan went south. 
you had no clout or juice to back up your spills. There was a time I gave a fuck about how you feel. That time has passed fast and abruptly. I care about you, yet I won't let you corrupt me. I hope that you reach a divine discovery and learn that not everyone wishes you ill. You want a martyr, Emmett Till. Just a jaded, faded, jaded, faded, jaded Mandarin. So I refuse to get played like a mandolin, pandering to your pseudo-nonsense and dribble. You wanted to live a little, and now you got a lot. Hopefully one day the odds will be forever in your favor, and you won't waver and crumple like paper mache. I hope life finds you better today, in a better way, but you better stay on good terms with me. I saw a man first, but now all I see is pity. And that's the piece. Hmm. Hmm. That was very, wow, what was the, what was the source of that one? The source of that was a friend who, that I tried to help, but they wanted more. Yeah. And basically, I just got disillusioned with things, and I had to write about it. And that's how it works. That's exactly how it works. Like, oh. All right. Well, give give me give me one more before you, before we end up getting kicked off by the evil um, okay. Blog Talk Radio God. Just to start off with this one, it's a little bit macabre and a little bit occult, but it really doesn't need mean to be that way. It's called exercise, like exercising a demon. It starts off gotcha. like this: Lord, I got a demon in me. Please exercise it. Lord, I got a demon in me. Please exercise it. Lord, I got a demon in me. Please exercise it. Because I'm trying hard to fight it, and my strength has just subsided. My anger dwells deep and creeps in my core. I'm at war with the hide that laid waste to my jekyll. As Judas betrayed Christ for 30 shekels, I sold my soul until all that was left was echoes. The heart underneath this chest used to beat like techno, but alas, I gasped for air and breathed my last breath with a bellow. I used to dream of a time when I had peace of mind, but now I scheme all the time with a broken peace of mind. The anger that I possess possesses me. I lash out aggressively because I'm vexed, you see. The Lord hath ripped away his covenant and stopped blessing me. I think I'm at the brink of a breakdown, so I have to break down every compartment until what's left in my soul is hardened. The demons that I converse with aim at my soul like a marksman until my spirituality is amongst the dearly departed. I won't go gently into that good night, but Dylan Thomas never lived a hood life. I feel as if I got knocked out like Shook Knight, so it's hard to look right or left. Y'all done took every fucking fiber in my being. I am nothing more than a demon. I am legion. I am baphomet. It's wonder why I haven't attacked you yet, for I'm weak. Like a raisin in the sun. I'm spent. I'm done. I burn my course until my knees buckle, my back breaks, and my voice is hoarse. Yet I can still utter, Lord, I got a demon in me. Please exercise it. Lord, I got a demon in me. Please exercise it. Lord, I got a demon in me. Please exercise it. Because I'm trying hard to fight it, and my strength has just subsided. And that's the piece. Hmm. <laughs> God dang, boy, that's what I'm talking about. 
Well, once again, Langaranga, as always, you have impressed me as usual. I sincerely appreciate that, and I thank you for coming through and smashing the microphone with us this evening. Uh, it's been an absolute pleasure. Any um, last words? Tell us where we can find you, all that good stuff um, on your agenda, where people can see you in person. If you hit up any open mics locally, give us that whole spiel. Well, you can find me. My Facebook is pages Langaranga. That's my artist page, or you can message me at Langston Matthews. And I'm actually attending an open mic night, the same one that Kay Mojave found me at, um, or through the grapevine at 713 West Pratt Street in uh, Baltimore, Maryland. And after that, I'll just be hitting up any open mic night. So I'll list it on my um, artist page where I'm going to be, and I'll just let you all know from there. And as for the album, it will probably be done by, let's say, Labor Day. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, buddy. That's what I'm talking about. Good deal. All right, man. Well, once again, thank you so much. Uh, Jesse, you there? My lost her. Yeah, um, I'm well, here. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> oh, excellent. Yes, magnificent. I want to thank you, too, I just personally. wanted to make sure that um, I muted during the piece and I have three doggies. Right. <laughs> I know, right? Because sometimes I got to mute myself on this because he'll make me say some shit and I'll be in the middle of the piece. I'll be like, oh, I don't mean to take away from the mood, but I can't help but say something. Here. So, um, I, I want to give a sincere thank you to you. Uh, I, I, Whenever I speak uh, to anybody when I do mentorship or whenever I do a mediation and so on and so forth, when the speaker comes up, I always like to acknowledge the person that's with them because you go through a lot because you have to share this special person and their gift with all of us. So I want to thank you for giving him the peace of mind and freedom to do so and, you know, guiding him and directing him on the path that helps him to be open and honest with us the way that he is. And without you, you enhance that. So I want to thank you for the beauty that you bring to his life to let him continue doing what he does so well.